Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, it's time for below grade level. Listener beware, you're in for a scare. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Below Grade Level, the show where we take the books we read as kids and read them as adults and ruin them. I am one of your hosts, Jonathan Eaton. With me as always is Becca Eaton. Hello. And Chris Zaleski. Hello. How are you guys doing? Fine. Good. Chris? Yeah? How you doing? I'm doing. Good. Good. Feels like it's been so... Alfie... (laughs) Feels like it's been so long since I've seen my friends. I know. I was just thinking. It's only been like two weeks. Uh, Yeah, you had to work last weekend. Yeah. You could have hung out last weekend. You could have worked like a chump. Last weekend, Chris. Yep. Come on. Got to buy that dog food. (laughs) Um. 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 We don't have a guest. We don't have a guest, and we're starting a new book, which is crazy. We usually uh, usually try and have a guest when we start a new book. Um, and have the guest uh, pick the new book, but because it's just the three of us, we decided uh, we picked the book uh, off camera <laughs> before we started recording. Um, so we don't really have to do any sort of preamble. We can just jump right in, right in. And I do have um, some people sort of lined up uh, that want to be on the show. They just couldn't do it tonight because yeah. we played this really Well, because, yeah, we get no I literally, notice. Yeah, I messaged, like, I don't know, like 10 people today, and it was just like, <laughs> Do you want to be a guest in the podcast? They're like, yeah. I'm like, are you free tonight? No. <laughs> why, why would I be? Crazy. Last person. minute. We're old people. We have schedules. We are reading a. We are diving back into the world of Christopher Pike. And uh, for new listeners, uh, even because we usually go over the format of the show with a guest, and it's basically we each read a page and we make fun of it the whole time. Yes. Um. And if uh, if you're a new listener, we have read some Christopher Pike before. He's one of our favorite author- authors. He is uh, a returning are- champion. <laughs> <laughs> his books are insane. Yes, I am so excited to read another one because they have not um, disappointed so far. I don't know how they've gotten published. I don't either. Uh, it seems like they shouldn't have been. <laughs> in retrospect. I feel like this would have done some weird stuff to my brain chemistry if I read it when I was, like, 15. I read this shit when I was, like, 12. I read Christopher Bike books when I Did was... Did you absorb Spl- any of it? Explains a lot. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. It probably explains some stuff. Uh, you know, like all those vagrants you murdered. All the vagrants I <laughs> murdered. Um, how into incest I am. No. <laughs> <laughs> This we, is why I don't want to ask my coworker to be on the podcast. We were joking, like, how long is it going to be understand. into why, why wouldn't you? a Christopher Pike episode before we have to mention the incest? <laughs> um, so we are going to read Christopher Pike's Master of Murder. Now, which one of you guys would like to describe what is going on on this cover? It should probably be Chris, because I'm looking at it from across the room, and I already thought... What is apparently an arm is a duck. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and I thought I had bad eyes. It's across the room. You know, I'm sorry. Alrighty. So, <laughs> <clears throat> 
We have the cover of Christopher Pike's Master of Murder, author of Whisper of Death and Chain Letter 2, colon, The Ancient Evil. Um, it is in... I still want to read Chain Letter. Yeah. I do too, and that was not... Uh, it's not available anymore on, uh, on the open library. Thing so what we're seeing here is very large author name in the most 90s font. Uh, it's like a nice teal with the slight red uh, shadow in the back. Yeah, and then if you we read have, a Christopher Pike book as a kid, you know what we're talking about. What looks like a young man typing on a word processor uh, and a desk. And in front of him, there is a, I'm assuming, a woman laying on the floor. Yeah. And we don't see any faces. And uh, the byline is, he wrote about his own murder. <sighs> what I want to point out is, look at the size of the fucking cable coming off of that keyboard. I know, it's mm -hmm. like a spiral cord. It's like, yeah, it's like an old landline phone cord. But like connecting the keyboard to the, to and the his word hands processor. are all on the function keys and the number pad. <laughs> What's he typing? That's how you used to type. That's how you used to have to do it. Of all the things that are cordless now, yeah. why do we still need so many goddamn cords? Oh, this table is nothing but cords. This is it's a like nest a of wasteland cords. of cords in the middle of this table. Yeah. You know why we need cords? Because when we take the cords away, everything dies after twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's jump into this. No one does it better than Christopher Pike. <laughs> He's a book that's just called Witch. Chain Witch. Letter 2, The Ancient Evil, Whisper of Death, Bury Me Deep, Die Softly, Witch, See You Later. Was his <laughs> book. Fall Into Darkness, Last Act, Spellbound. Give me, Give a, me kiss. a kiss. I remember that from the yes. last book we read. I remember reading remember the title, me? Give Me a Kiss. Remember Me, which we have read Making on this show. Yeah. Scavenger Hunt. Also, don't miss Christopher Pike's Who Done It trilogy, Final Friends, colon, The Party, The Dance, The Graduation. All available for Marchway Paperbacks published by Pocket Books. I, I thought that whole thing you were reading was one title. <laughs> Jesus. I want to petition an Ryan Johnson to adapt the He's not Zack Snyder. Uh, Who Done It trilogy. Oh my God. That would be. So good. Yeah. Okay. This is a. Uh, That's probably just a little snippet. A little snippet. Let's get a into it. A little snip. Richard. A little snip. Oh, when was this published? 1992. Uh, oh, good year. Good year. We okay. were so innocent then. It's for, <laughs> it's for Brian. Dedicated to returning champion Brian Wade. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, wow, there's so many pages before the actual book yeah. starts. It's how books used to be, remember? It's probably how they still are. Chapter one. Marvin I like that you said it's probably how they still are. <laughs> <laughs> like, you haven't touched a Well, book I've been reading so much on Kindle, years. and it auto-skips all of that shit. <laughs> it's oh, just Kindle's like, the go. best. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I haven't touched a analog book in forever. Like, touched from a right tree? Now. Oh, shit. <laughs> Marvin Summers sat in his English class watching the beautiful and wonderful Shelley Quaid. <laughs> she was two seats up on his left. She was reading a Max Slate young adult thriller. Fuck, is his pen name Max Slate? Because that's, that's awesome. great. She was, in fact, finishing the latest book in Mr. Slate's hysterically popular The Mystery of Silver Lake series. From the expression on Shelley's face, it looked as if she was really into the book. Up front, a student was reading her short story to the class. This is rude. 
so she's in a class and a student is up front reading their own short story and she's like I'm just gonna finish my, my fucking book in yeah. there in, in front of you yeah <laughs> um pretty sure I've done that same up front rude you're both rude <laughs> I was the one that was up in front of the class Aww. reading my own dumb bullshit a little voice cracking and then he took the knife <laughs> um up front a student was reading her short story to the class not far away their teacher Mrs. Jackson <laughs> Who we are all apologizing to. <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be hey, a problem. Guys, let's be for real. <laughs> Fuck. Um, <laughs> I was taking notes on a yellow pad. and Did passing... you just jot down a note that said Mrs. Jackson? Woo. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to take a picture of this note oh, and send it to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just write this is going to be a problem? <laughs> I just want you to see my hands that I'm not writing anything new. Evidence. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> it does, in fact, say in parentheses. Ooh. And for um, Okay. We must um, move on. Not far away, their teacher, Mrs. Jackson, was taking notes on a yellow pad and passing judgment on the student's story. Is she doing well, like the gladiator thing? Well, that's technically her job, but like, that's a weird way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, Wait, is that like a new Zoom thing? A thumbs up bubble popped out of Becca's head when you did that. Chris. What? What? <gasps> yeah. Do it again. Wait. What do you Do you see? just mean the camera? Well, no, it's... There it is. There it is. Whoa! Do you see it? Yeah. What is that? This, right, is, this does not this make good so... radio. <laughs> no. I was going to say, that is weird. <laughs> okay, Zoom. Jesus. Um, uh, um, 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 but Marvin could see that Shelley was in another world, the world of Slate's mysteries, where brave and beautiful young girls like Shelley herself, Marvin thought, single-handedly battled the forces of darkness. What? He only so writes female protagonists. Oh, he's Joss Whedon. He's Joss Whedon. Oh, no. Marvin knew that world well. He was, oh, Max Slate. I yeah. thought you said Max Slate. Oh, no, Max Slate. Hold on. Like Mac tonight. Mac. Slate, okay. Uh, he was Max Slate. He really was. He was one of the most popular writers in the country. His this... book sold millions of copies. What? So is he fucking rich? He's gotta be. Oh my god, yeah, okay. Here we go. <laughs> he was only 17, still in high school, but already rich. Mm. Three of his books were currently being produced into movies. His series was a talk in malls and schools everywhere. The social centers of society. Yeah. <laughs> this, this like scan of the book is so dark. I know it's very dark. I was trying to up the brightness. It's very so low couldn't, contrast. Couldn't do it. Who killed Silver Lake's heroine, Anne McGaffer? <laughs> there were many suspects. <laughs> Had it been Anne's violent father, Bill McGaffer, or Anne's jealous boyfriend, Clyde Fountain? <laughs> <laughs> Or possibly Anne's disturbed younger brother, Harold McGaffer. No one knew. Not even Marvin Summer. Those McGaffers are all trouble, I tell you. 
<laughs> the final installment of his series was oh due God. now. His editor's calls were getting more desperate daily. If he didn't send in the manuscript soon, the book couldn't possibly be ready for a February release. Then the publishing house's whole advertising campaign would be screwed up. But Marvin hadn't even started on the book. He had no idea how the story was going to end. The pressure on him was intense. This is a wild He's, he's a real for... George R.R. R. Marvin. <laughs> God damn it. It's the best joke I've ever written, and uh, I'll never top that. <laughs> uh, but that was only one of his problems. He had others. Oh, yes. <laughs> Fucking God, I love Christopher Pike. Oh, man. His life was just as complicated as the life of one of his fictional characters. He was thankful that at least he hadn't killed anybody and that Yet. no one was trying to kill him. Yet. But like the heroine in his series, he did have a violent father who didn't mind roughing him up some. Oh. Ah. He no like longer that. lived at home now. And also, like most of his characters... Marvin was in romantic turmoil. The source of that turmoil was the one and only, oh my Shelley god, Quaid. who could it possibly be? Why won't it load? Oh, I don't know. Well, come on. Come on. The book's book. broken. Fuck. What happened? I don't know. I'm scrolling and just nothing's happening. Oh. This page, th uh, the next page load? No, it's, it's like. It's black. Okay, hang on. Let me see. It's just darkness. Oh, come on. Darkness man. was Not in Marvin's world. Right into it. If you want to, if you left it that zoomed out, I would be able to read it. No, I don't like doing that. Does it show up if you zoom Yeah, okay. I, I, oh. I fixed it. Uh, okay. Oh, I was mid sentence, but Chris could finish it. I don't Chris. care. All right. <clears throat> also, I just want to think like. <laughs> All the authors we make fun of. And mm. it's like, what if Christopher Pike is, one, still alive? I assume he's still alive. Like, oh, what if he be, just, yeah. like, oh, hey, a podcast where they talk about books. Oh, and then, like, he's, oh, they're talking about my books. And then he listens to it. And it's like, we're only on page three. And we've laughed so much. That's but I love be, it. Like, if I he's listening, most... I want him to know that I love it. That's but it's got to be, like, the most disheartening no, thing in the world. He has know. to know this is batshit bonkers. He has to know. He has to know. And also, we have not been kinder to a single author more than yeah. Christopher Pike. Like, There's yeah, no I one mean, whose books I look forward to reading more yeah. genuinely. Aside from The Incest, which he could yeah. really pull back on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more than anything, I, I'm afraid that R.L. Stein would listen to our show. Although, if R.L. Stein listened to our last book, when we read Night of the Living Dummy, yeah. it would be nothing but praise. That's I mean, that I've said it before, I'll say it again. Yeah. The best thing that could ever happen to us would be to receive a Getting cease and desist letter. <laughs> it's just like, someone listened! <laughs> someone oh. that mattered listened! Someone's then lawyer listened! And we'd have to stop doing it, and it's so fun. Alright, <clears throat> let's light this candle. <laughs> the Literally, source of so that dark. turmoil was the one and only Shelley Quaid. They had gone out briefly a year ago, five times to be exact. She had but seemed to kidding. like him a lot, but she'd also been seeing a guy named Harry Pastor at the same time. <laughs> Off and on, Marvin had thought, but maybe more on than he realized. When Harry had committed suicide the previous oh, November no. by diving off a cliff at the local lake, what? she what? had fallen into what? a deep depression and withdrew. Wow. Jesus that is, Christ. 
It's still the same paragraph. Oh my god, Christopher Pike, I love you. God, <laughs> three pages in. Poor old Harry. I don't even Never know what to was... write down because it's all You're going to run out of room, yeah. I don't think I'm going to ad-lib. I think I'm just going to play it straight. <sighs> mm. Poor old Harry. Never one was never was one to laugh much. Oh, God. Marvin was not a pushy person, so he left Shelly alone, figuring she'd see him when she wanted. But it was now a new November, and she continued to avoid him. He wrote about unfulfilled teen love all the time, and he wished he weren't writing from direct experience. Just looking at her made him sad. Shelly had hair, and she had skin. <laughs> Both lovely. Is that I was, it? I was going to ad-lib like most people. <laughs> she had like hair. Peering across the room. And she had skin. <laughs> the baseline of most humans. Both lovely. Oh my god. Oh my god. He could close his eyes and remember what it felt like to run his fingers through her long, brown, silky strands. The last time they had gone out, the only time they had kissed, he had held her hair and touched her skin. <laughs> Being a writer, he knew how overworked it was to say a girl's face glowed, but Shelley's really did, along with her neck, arms, and other parts. Uh, 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 her smile also shone. <laughs> she was a regular Christmas tree. Oh, now I'm going to cry. He had never written about her, though, because he wrote to escape, and if he spent all night dwelling on her, he would have ended up in the same boat as poor Harry. Except Harry <laughs> had not so ended up in a boat. He had hit cold black water when he died in the lake. Jesus Christ! I am not ad-libbing. This no, is as not. written. Oh, God. Ah, Marvin observed with satisfaction. Shelly was biting her lower lip. She must be at a tense part. Holy fuck. Let us remember that she's reading a book Marvin wrote. <laughs> Actually, the whole end of the book had been tense. Even writing the damn thing had made him a nervous wreck. He had felt nervous kissing her, too, but that had been a good kind of anxiety. Of course, when he'd kissed her, good. When he'd kissed, kissed her, her good. good. Oh, of course, when he'd kissed her good night. It's two words. It tripped me up. <laughs> okay. Of course, when he kissed her good night. <laughs> a year Second ago, page he's reading and Jonathan forgot how to read. He never <laughs> realized it would be for the last time. And maybe it hadn't been. Maybe he would kiss her again, her skin. He intended to ask her out again. Today, in fact, if he didn't have a heart attack first. <clears throat> Marvin! Mrs. Jackson called, and it didn't sound as if it was for the first time. He must have spaced out. Are you ready to read your story? Yes, but <laughs> are you ready to listen, you old fart? That was his thought. As written. <clears throat> yes. I, I'm going to need uh, yeah. you guys to specify yeah, when, when it's stuff. as written and it's wild but... because I can't see the book when it's not my turn. <laughs> and, um, and, it's, and it's italicized. I can't tell. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yes, bro, you ready to listen, you old fart? <laughs> <clears throat> yes, amazing. He said, reaching for the computer printed pages on top of his desk. Shelley had glanced back at him when Mrs. Jackson called his name. <laughs> she smiled slightly at him and slowly closed her book. She was so cute. It made him sick. He, not, not adding anything. He smiled back and climbed unsteadily to his feet. 
He had spent all of 30 minutes that morning completing his English assignment. He had learned long ago that it didn't matter how long he spent writing something for Mrs. Jackson. He'd he'd get a lousy grade anyway. It was the topics she chose. They were absurd. He didn't understand why she didn't let them write what they wanted. Today's topic was what it feels like to be an animal and discover yourself. And yes, I do mean in a sexual way. Mrs. Jackson was hopeful that they could work in a moral. Marvin never worried about morals in his books. His characters were happy if they lived until the last page. I don't know if animals know a lot about morals either. Uh, no. I feel like... That's kind of a human thing. Historically, you know... There isn't really morality in the animal kingdom. Yeah, no. Morality in the animal kingdom is what's going to make a human yell at me. Yeah. Yeah. How do I eat next? Yeah, dogs have it. Uh, what's the name of your story, Miss Jackson asked as Marvin made his way to the front of the room. It's called The Becoming of Seymour the Frog, he said. (laughs) Mrs. Jackson blinked in surprise. Is a frog an animal, Marvin? I think it's an amphibian. Yes, it is an animal. I don't know much an about amphibian frogs. Amphibian is an animal. Well, yeah. What? This teacher sucks. Then why did you write about one? She asked. He spoke sincerely. I was hoping to learn about them as I wrote. Oh shit. Someone in the room snickered. Marvin thought it might have been Shelley. Miss Jackson, however, took the remark at face value and nodded approval. We should learn something new with each assignment, she said. She wrote down his title on her pad. You may begin. Marvin glanced down at his paper and cleared his throat. He realized that not a single person in class had the slightest interest in what he was about to read, and that ten seconds after he was done, they would have forgotten every word he said. Therefore, he didn't read with much enthusiasm. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad I get to read this. Just like Becca. Yeah. (laughs) Seymour the Frog lived in a dirty pond outside an abandoned steel mill in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He was not a bad-looking frog by frog standards, but there wasn't a chance in hell that a princess was going to stop and kiss him. He was green and covered with warts, and he couldn't eat a fly without getting a bad case of hiccups. His was the life of frogs everywhere. (laughs) He swam in his pond, sat in the mud in the sun, and prayed a cat didn't eat him. Yet Seymour had a dream. He dreamed that one day he would fly. Hardly an afternoon went by that a flock of birds didn't fly overhead. Seymour would stare up at them with such longing that he thought he would burst. Ah, to be free of the earth, he thought, to be able to go where he wished without fear of hungry cats. So we're establishing that Marvin saw a cat eat a frog, right? Yes, (laughs) definitely. He tried flapping his slimy frog legs, but quickly discovered they didn't work the way wings did. He tried other tricks to get into the air. He climbed the highest rocks he could find around the pond and threw himself off them with great bravado. But all he ended up doing was bruising his belly when he flopped into the water. He could, he just could not stay airborne. Just like Harry Potter. Is that that? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say. Then one day he saw a most remarkable sight. A child's yellow balloon floated over his pond. At first, it stayed close to the ground, but then an updraft caught it, and it was swept as high as any bird Seymour had ever seen. Seymour took special note of the balloon. It was round and filled only with air, yet it had no wings and could still fly. He got excited. What if he filled himself with air? Wouldn't he also be able to fly? Go suck on a helium tank. (laughs) At last, he thought he had found the key to his escape. 
Seymour began to suck in huge drafts of air, taking in more and more without releasing the others. He sucked and he sucked, and soon his belly began to bloat out. Then his chest and his face expanded, and finally even his legs began to swell. He bobbled off the ground. He was so excited that he opened his mouth a tiny bit and accidentally let some air escape. But he managed to contain himself and breathed even deeper and harder, and was rewarded when he finally lifted off the ground. In minutes, he was floating a dozen feet above his pond. Then a gentle breeze came along and took him even higher. Seymour was ecstatic. He was flying! He was a flying frog! Probably the first one in the history of the human race. Oh, happy day! <laughs> he could fly anywhere he wished. Right then, Seymour noticed a flock of birds flying overhead. He was eager to join them, but they were even higher than he was, so he forced in more air, and even though the pressure was beginning to hurt his chest, he didn't stop until he was floating at the same height as the birds. They were only a hundred feet away and coming right toward him. He was so excited to be in their company. He wanted to impress them with what a great flyer he was, so he drew in one final huge breath, but his green wart-covered skin had stretched as far as it could stretch, and this deep breath was the last breath of Seymour's life. Seymour popped. He Ew. exploded like a green balloon set on top of a lit candle. His uh -huh. head went one way and his legs another, and there was blood everywhere. It was a real mess. Seeing him explode, the birds got all excited. They were hungry, and as Seymour's guts fell to the rocks beside the pond, the birds swept down and ate what was left of him. Then they flew away, taking pieces of Seymour with them. Ew. I don't Clearly, think this, this is, boy is troubled. I don't think this is uh, accurate of what a frog can do. <laughs> he said he didn't know anything about frogs. True. I don't think he learned anything either. <laughs> So in a way, Seymour got what he had wished for most, to be a bird. Marvin stopped reading and looked up. A few of the people in class had listened after all. They were grinning. They could see Shelley sitting toward the back, laughing softly. Or he could see. Although his classmates' reactions were nothing compared to the adoration his books brought him, he was filled with pleasure. Then he glanced over at Miss Jackson. She was scowling. Are you quite through, Mr. Summer? She asked. Yeah, did you like it? <laughs> she consulted her notes, her breathing rapid. In your story, you mentioned that the balloon Seymour spotted was filled with air. It's my understanding that balloons that float are filled with helium. Is that not correct? The story is kind of told from the point of view of a frog, Marvin said patiently. I doubt a frog would know anything about helium. Miss Jackson continued to study her notes. The you also used the line that Seymour was the first flying frog in the history of the human race. If you are telling the story from the point of view of a frog, why do you talk about the history of the human race? I threw that line in for humor. <laughs> Mrs. Jackson looked up. Pardon? It was a joke, ma'am. The whole story is supposed to be funny. I suppose you think the disgusting ending when the birds eat Seymour's guts is funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin turned to the rest of the class <clears throat> Didn't you guys think so? Murmurs of approval went around Shelley continued to laugh softly Mrs. Jackson stuck out her hand for his paper <clears throat> We don't grade democratically in this class <clears throat> She said I think we should Marvin muttered, handing over his story Pardon? Nothing I heard you anyway <laughs> <laughs> Jesus 
Mrs. Jackson reached for her red pen, which she saved for the fateful marking of grades. He didn't much care what she wrote. He was a fucking millionaire. <laughs> Given his <laughs> yeah, previous seriously. scores, he was going to just pass the class. Really she surprised him by writing a huge B at the top of his paper. She handed it back to him with a wink, a B gesture bullshit. <laughs> that he would have thought her incapable of. Why did she wink at him? She wants to fuck him. She's like, I know he's rich. Yeah, I can smell the money. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. The story did have a certain flair, she admitted. I felt sorry for Seymour at the end. If you learn to control yourself, Marvin, you might make a writer someday. Uh Thank you, he said, accepting his paper. But he didn't take her advice to heart. He was already a bigger writer than anybody in the state. Besides, it was when he was out of control that he wrote his best. When the power flowed. What? But he couldn't have explained that power to Mrs. Jackson any more than he could have explained his love for Shelley to himself. Creativity and love, they were two sides of the same coin. Two rivers that flowed in the same direction. Into the same lake. What? He didn't know why he was thinking of Harry now. Probably because he was going to ask Shelley out in the memory Probably of Harry. because Harry drowned in a lake. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because he was going to ask Shelley out in the memory of Harry was the main reason she might say no. Yet, if the stories were true, Shelley had already started to date again. A football stud at the school named Triad Tyler. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. Triad Tyler? Yeah. Is Triad like a nickname? It Triad is a a, a mob. Uh, tri- triad. He sounded like a structure, a building of some kind. <sighs> what? Yeah, tri- triads are a form of Asian mafia, but I don't remember which one. Um, It's not a name. I know that. Marvin had noticed her talking to him a few times, but had never actually seen them exchanging physical affections. Uh, Marvin had even spoken to Triad a couple of times himself, although not about Shelley. It was more about his name. And how did he get it? Uh, The name is pronounced Triad. (laughs) Triad. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) Triad. Triad, Tyler. It's it's Triad being a... Triad. It goes up before the A. Um, Triad wanted to buy his motorcycle, which Marvin prized almost as much as his word processor. He has a, uh, I knew it was a word processor. Oh my god. <laughs> he had told Triad no, but the guy kept asking. Marvin took his story and walked back to his seat. As he passed Shelley, she picked up her Mac Slate thriller. She didn't glance up as he passed, but did mutter under her breath. Nice, she said. Gross. Nice and gross. Oh, that was so funny to me. Nice. Gross. <laughs> I mean, it's like the highest compliment. Yeah. Glad you liked she it. She gets it. <laughs> yeah. She gets it. Glad you liked it, he replied. Her two words gave an incredible boner to him and a boost <laughs> to his confidence. He really must ask her out. He just simply must. He vowed to do it as soon as the bell rang. It's still like the bell's going to ring. He's going to go, you want to go? He was always making vows like that to himself. <laughs> he, what? <laughs> okay. 
He should never make a vow to himself for the rest of the book. (laughs) He vowed to do it as soon as the bell rang. He was always making vows like that to himself. That's intense. He, his wasn't, his wasn't the last reading of the day. Two more people followed him. The first had a story about a dog and the second a cat. They were really imaginative with their choice of animals. Sarcastic. Marvin went back to staring at Shelley Quaid and heard not a word they said. When the class finally ended, Marvin gathered together his books and maneuvered himself behind Shelley as she walked down the hallway. He wanted to come casually up at her side, start a casual conversation, (laughs) and then sweep her into the janitor's closet and make passionate love to her. Jesus. No, he had better skip that last part. Right next to the mop bucket. He had to be, well, casual. When you say casual that many times, you know it's casual. Mm-hmm. He had to be cool. Hi, he said as he caught up with her. She looked over. Such lovely eyes, green around the rims, brown in the centers, big enough to take all of him in at a glance. A lot of people's eyes work like that. <laughs> <laughs> she patted her eyelashes and he was practically blown away. God, what a sap he'd become sitting in class and staring at her the last three months. The worst thing, or maybe it was the best thing, was that they shared the next class as well. Hello, Marvin, she said. She had said his name. She remembered who he was. They've kissed before. They've had their mouths on each other's mouths. Oh, my God. Do you think Christopher Pike was married? (laughs) Only because everyone was I you know, just, he all writes, old people are. He writes with the energy of a pent-up teenage boy. <laughs> he's just tapping into that. Where he's just like, her skin resource. made me hot. Yeah. Uh, Failure to launch more like more energy for writing. <laughs> what? The term failure to launch, like people that never move out. Mm. Oh, I actually didn't know that. I didn't know that, that either. Movie. I thought it was just a uh, that movie. It's a whole yeah. Uh, that's why they titled it that. I don't know what that movie's about. He never moved out of his parents' house. Oh shit! Shit! We learned something today. Oh my god! Maybe you should watch it if you claim to be a fan of Matthew McConaughey. I have never claimed to be a fan of Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Of course, it would have been weird if she'd forgotten who he was after they had gone out five times. He had to remind himself that just because she was young and pretty did not necessarily mean that she suffered from amnesia. What? What's happening? He asked super casually. His protagonists are psychotic. (laughs) And I'm fucking here for all of it. I want them all to meet because yeah, they're all the craziest oh people that have Marvin ever existed. And Rayla? Yes. Holy and shit. Who was the girl from the other one? I don't know. Remember, remember me, me remember, girl. Remember. Yeah, that was her name. Remember yeah. me. <laughs> remember, it was remember me. me. It's Reme- remember me, Jones. It was Remagen. Remagen. Um, <clears throat> the usual. She said, "What's happening with you?" In italics. Well, my latest novel was just on the New York Times bestseller list, the first young adult book in the history of publishing to make it. That can't be. I don't know. That certainly isn't the case now, I'm sure. I'm sorry I keep interrupting. But, like, if if a 17-year-old 
guy in high school still yeah. was like a fucking rich, best-selling author, would he keep that secret? There's no fucking way. This There's guy has no. got control over his secrets. It's crazy to me. It, yeah. There's just no way. Um, I recently received a royalty check in the mail in the high six figures. Girls everywhere, and you're one of them, are reading my books and getting tremors of fear and ecstasy deep in their insides. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I'm madly in love with you. Other than that, life's pretty mundane. Nothing, he replied. He took a breath. Ah, <sighs> He should just ask the question now and be done with it. A bunch of small talk wasn't going to change her opinion of him. She already knew him. She would either yeah, say yes him. or no. It was as simple as that. But asking her, forming the words and flinging them into the space between them, there was nothing simple about that. Shelly, he muttered. <laughs> Some of the, every now and then there's a good sentence in one of these books. Yeah, yeah. Also, Shelly. I love the the joke on Reddit. It's just like, well, I've been married to this woman for 13 years, and I, I don't know if she likes me. <laughs> I didn't know that was a joke on Reddit. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a common joke on, like, relationship subreddits where it's just like, all right, so, like, I've been living with this girl for, like, three years, and, like, I, uh, like we go out to eat a lot, and then, like, we go to the movies, and, like, we got married last year, but, like, I don't know if we're dating or not. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's it's wonderful reading when you're <laughs> killing time at work. Yeah. <clears throat> but asking her, forming the words and flinging them into space between them, there was nothing simple about that, except it was the most simplest thing in the world. <laughs> Shelly, he muttered, yes? Damn, I said her name too seriously. I sound desperate. I am desperate. I have to be cool. He nodded to his book in her hand. Hey. What, what, uh, what are you reading? Slate series. She glanced at the book. The artist who did his covers was one of the best in New York, but it was Marvin who decided what should be on them. He was always late with his manuscripts, and his publisher needed the covers far in advance of the actual publication dates, so he had to figure out what would look good on the cover before he had even written a word of the book. What? what? Do you read his stuff? She asked. I'm familiar with it. It's being cool. Shelley shook her head. He's a genius. Once I pick up his books, I can't put them down. Marvin felt warm with pleasure, even though he got tons of letters each week that said exactly what Shelley had just said. He does have an incredible imagination, he remarked, playing it cool. Are you reading the series? Shelley asked. Yeah. Did you read the last one? Yeah, he added. I wonder how it'll end. She was suddenly excited. I bet it's going to be great. This last comment didn't fill him with quite the same pleasure. Expectations across the country were so high. He was bound to disappoint a lot of people. We'll see, he said. They were almost at their next class. He felt about as nervous as an individual could. He had sweat coming out of pores on his body. Pores he hadn't even had early that morning. What? Wow. He developed new pores <laughs> to sweat from. Residual That's how pore syndrome? He, was. he knew what his problem was. He had put Shelly on a pedestal. He put oh. the pussy on a pedestal. <laughs> they say you shouldn't do that. They say That's you shouldn't do that. Very evolved of you, Christopher Pike. 
He kept telling himself she was just a girl. But that wasn't true. She wasn't a girl. She was the girl. She could have been his girl. He tried desperately to think of a witty line to open the, quote, date line of conversation, but none came. He should have prepared a few ahead of time. Shelly, he said. Yeah? He cleared his throat. (coughs) I want to be a writer someday. (laughs) She gave him a knowing look. I remember. He was surprised. What do you remember? She spoke seriously. The stories you used to tell me when we went out, they were wonderful. You should write them down. He supposed he had told her a few stories. He had probably made them Does up. he have amnesia? I don't understand. Uh, look, he's so successful, and he's written so much stuff. Like, you can't, he can't be expected to remember, <laughs> remember the million. things that he Every said. Little things. He's a million. He's got a lot of stuff going on. He's got a publisher breathing down his neck. He's got to get artwork from the guy in New York to the publishing house. He's got to write this whole fucking last book. Tie up. He's got to pick up. He's got deadlines. The threat of Jon Snow being dead? <laughs> Come on. <clears throat> he supposed he had told her a few stories. He had probably made them up at the moment and then forgotten them. His head was full of weird tales. I love how sometimes writers are like, I'm going to write about a writer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every other Stephen King book is like, and he wrote horror stories. <laughs> I mean, it, Stephen King as a character shows up in the dark. In tower. the dark tower. I, uh, I've heard about that. He pulls it off, though. I do love Stephen King. Like, he's, I don't know, I'm just like, what a narcissist. And then I've read his books. I'm like, oh, these are fucking good. He's really good. He can do it. He was pleased she had brought up the fact that they used to date. Perhaps she was dropping a hint that she wouldn't mind dating again. Were any of them about frogs, he asked. She laughed. That was gross. I loved it. (laughs) What grade did Stonewall Jackson give you? my god the best grade she's ever given me a b i thought she was going to give you an f shelly was watching him as she spoke i think she wants to fuck me she had a penetrating penetrating gaze he would have given all his next advance to know what she was thinking right then you wouldn't have cared would you she asked no he said honestly he was already a millionaire jesus christ it wasn't as if he had to worry about getting into a good college after he graduated Shelly smiled. You're unique. Did I ever tell you that? It wasn't as if he had to worry about graduating at all. He could have dropped out. I mean, you still probably should. Just He's already 17. Just finish the year out. Get it over with. I don't think I would if I was a millionaire. He's a millionaire. He could have bought like several Rita's Italian ices and coasted. What if he gets bad at writing and they stop buying his books? He's got a lot of years left to live unless he gets murdered. Cautionary tale. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. He's already a millionaire. He could have bought several Rita's Italian ices and then coasted the rest of his life. (laughs) Just franchises. Uh, you're unique. Blah blah. He felt another surge of confidence. He would ask her out now. She would say yes. He could feel the power, the same power he sometimes felt when he was doing his best writing. At those times, it was as if nothing could go wrong. But something did go wrong just then. Triad Tyler suddenly stepped between them. Triad was big, strong, and handsome. Triad! He was also stupid, a wonderful combination. 
Marvin's most penetrating observations in life had convinced Stop. him that girls favored that combination above all others. Stop saying penetrating. Uh, right? <laughs> also, way to be a fucking incel. <laughs> Even intelligent girls like Shelly Quaid. Marvin watched with sheer disgust as Triad bumped him aside and squeezed out a gorilla arm to give her a squeeze. He, and, he, and he said, Because he's a gorilla. Ew. No, what he says is grosser than that. Oh, God. My baby doll, oh. Triad said to Shelly. How you doing? <laughs> Shelly seemed annoyed. I am always the same. I don't change. How are you? <laughs> is amazing. Right, I need to change your voice. <laughs> I love that answer. I am always the same. Triad took back I his am, arm. And always have been. <laughs> and grinned at her remark, perhaps seeing more in it than there was, probably not understanding it at all. I'm cool. Everything's cool. He glanced over at Marvin. Hey, when are you going to sell me that bike of yours? Have you thought? <laughs> have you thought of going? I feel like going? he's he's Danny Zuko when Danny Zuko's being like a dumb tough guy to oh, his friends. Well, yeah, yeah. In front of his friends. Yes. Have you thought of going to a motorcycle dealer and buying a brand new one? Marvin asked, or even a used one. I don't own the only bike in the state of Oregon. Triad's grin widened, but they wouldn't give me a good deal. <laughs> I charge you twice what I paid for it. Marvin assured him. Triad slapped on the back. That's what I like about you, Marvin. You don't BS around. But seriously, I want that bike. I'll make you a good offer on it. What the fuck? Triad. You should sell him your bike, Shelly said. Why? Marvin asked. Because motorcycles are dangerous, she said seriously. That bike could get you killed. Triad laughed. <laughs> so you don't mind if I get killed, is that it? Nope. <laughs> Read the room, Triad. Shelly smiled slyly. She reached out and patted Triad on the top of his head. You oh. have a lot harder skull than Marvin. I bet even your brains would bounce off the pavement. Ooh, sick burn. Ew. Triad's gonna need some ointment. <laughs> if they haven't burn. done <laughs> If they haven't done so already, Marvin muttered. I heard that Triad told him, but he didn't appear to be put out. He turned back to Shelley. Am I gonna see you at lunch? Shelley spoke coolly. I will be invisible. No one will see me. Shelly said that? I yes. love her. Yes. You're going out for lunch? Triad asked. Maybe, she replied, suddenly turning left into a rocker loom. Bye, boys. You said rocker loom. Yeah, Did I say rocker loom? What was the word you said? Locker room. Locker okay. room. Okay. What did I say? Rocker loom. All right. Well, you know what? You can't win them all. Bye, <laughs> they said together, surprised, watching her disappear. Triad glanced over at Marvin. I don't understand her, he complained. She's always darting away like that. Maybe she wants to get away from you, Marvin suggested. He debated asking Triad outright about the extent of their relationship, but decided he didn't want to know. He still intended to ask Shelley out, probably after the next period. Triad stopped in mid-stride, and at Marvin's remark, his shoulders slumped forward. Marvin wondered if he had hurt Triad's feelings. For a moment, the guy looked positively depressed. But then, Triad shrugged and turned away. I don't care either way, he said. Yeah, I know the feeling, Marvin said softly, watching him go. The next period was speech. The teacher was Mr. Rammer. Ramar. Mr. Ramar? 
Uh, Ramar. Ramar, <clears throat> who is laid back. He had yet to make them give a single speech in speech class. What they That's usually very did. laid back. Yeah. Did he go to my high school? <laughs> what they usually did was read a book or a newspaper or see a movie and then talk about it together. They also wrote in a journal about whatever was on their minds. Mr. Ramar was more into establishing good communication skills than orator skills. Orator. Orator? Yeah. It was a great period to goof off in. Occasionally, Marvin worked on his books in class, but of course, that was work he'd never handed in. Shelley arrived a few seconds after the bell rang. Yeah, where did she go? Did she just, like, take a... Shower? Secret, like, Secret passageway? <laughs> she went to the rocker loom. Oh, I, I forgot what the real word was, because you said it like that. And my brain deleted it. A rocker loom is, uh, what, what, a um... It's where rock... What, like, is what, like, a, a rock star would weave their clothes on. Like, Steven Tyler has one. I was just thinking, like, a grandma on a rocker. Oh, no, and a no. knitting loom. I'm thinking, like... Or like a... Like um, Yarn. like Mick Jagger, um, Steven yeah. Tyler, uh, Jack White, if you will, they're really into making their own. It, it's what surrounds uh, those front men, like uh, a Sailor Moon transformation <laughs> sequence when they get their get-ups on. <laughs> that's what? what? A, that's what a rocker loom is. The class chairs were arranged in you a asked. circle, <laughs> <laughs> and Shelley sat ninety degrees off to Marvin's right. Mister Ramar moved around during the period. There were extra chairs, and he went from one to another, getting everyone involved in whatever they were discussing. Sometimes he sat in the corner and practiced his guitar. (laughs) Oh, he's so so fucking laid back. He was well-liked by the student body and usually let the students bring up whatever they wanted to talk about. So they just, like, fuck around literally doing nothing. She's like, you guys like CCR? (laughs) No, he he made a period where he didn't have to work. That's true. He's a genius. That day, several students wanted to discuss the mysterious Max Slate and the Silver Lake series. Oh, shit. Marvin groaned inside. This was too much. I started the series, Mr. Ramar said. I'm almost too popular. His acoustic guitar resting on his lap. He was a short, handsome Hispanic man, about 28, in excellent physical shape. Good to know. Thank you for telling us he's hot. I like it so far, but I'm only up to the fourth book. I hear the fifth one's out already. I have it, Shelley said, holding up her copy. The sixth ones the sixth ones to be the last, Mr. Ramar asked. Yeah, several students responded together, and from their expressions it was clear they could hardly wait. How many are reading it, Mr. Ramar asked, with the exception of Marvin and their current exchange student, Olga from Germany. Oh yes! Everyone raised a hand. Yes! Let me please God get an Olga page. <laughs> Fucking yes. <clears throat> uh, real quick, um in nineteen ninety-two. Yes. For for uh, a book series to be so popular mm-hmm. that like like you would talk about it with friends and be like, oh, I heard that the upcoming book is the last one in the series. Yeah. That's, to me, that's like a crazy level of popularity because like now, it's you need really like easy Stephen to get Stephen King that. numbers. It's really easy to get that information now because it's just like online. You just like, yeah. you go and you like Google. You're like, oh, I love this book series and you Google it. You're like, oh, the next one coming up is the last one. But like in 1992, I feel like you would have to like seek out like a literary digest or something. 
or like a you that information would be maybe they did an somewhere. interview um, with him in the New York Times. There was a little publication. It was actually little called Reader's Digest. That's true. Reader's could Digest. be there. Wait, so, I thought you were gonna say because. I mean, young adult books back then were like this. There were yeah. a million of them. Yeah. It wasn't like, I mean, because this sounds like a Harry Potter thing or like a Game of Thrones thing, which isn't young adult, but like yeah. Harry Potter for sure. Yeah. Or Twilight. But that didn't exist in 92. No. They were writing these like fucking 70 book series that were just never ending. Well, yeah, I feel like the, the for kids. Yeah. These books, like a book like this caliber like they're talking about would be like in 1992 like like um chris just said like a stephen king or like a mm-hmm. john grisham like yeah james like patterson james patterson yeah those those guys uh but, they, but yeah they're for adults yeah it's just uh, i don't know sorry i just again it's <clears throat> hilarious that it's a fucking 17 year old and he's 17 now did he start writing these fucking books when he was like 14 uh, think about, if think about like that. he's doing like a book a year, or maybe he was doing multiple books a year. If he was doing a book a year, he would have started when he was like 11. Yeah, he's that good. It's a fucking prodigy. It's he's the Max power. Slate. It's, it's the power oh, taking right. it's over. It's the power. Do you think maybe? When... <gasps> what if the word processor is haunted? <laughs> Ooh. Or you laugh, but we had that haunted. VCR in that last one. I know, Very this true. is the first chapter, and I'm like, what? We think he's just talented. How many shoes are going to drop in this book? Right? Yeah. Pike, Pike's main underlying message in all of his work is that technology is going to kill us all. Yeah. yeah. I could I get more booze? Chris, okay. continue. All right, so page whatever this is. Since yes. Olga could hardly speak English, never mind read it, and Marvin had actually written the books, it was 100% participation. Marvin was surprised. Even he hadn't realized how popular he was, even though he was about to ca- cash a fucking million dollar check. Right. <laughs> I'm impressed, Mr. Ramar went on. What is it about the books that keeps you reading them? At once, several people gushed that they wanted to know who killed Anne McGaffer. Of course, that was the core of the series. Who had killed the beautiful and dear Anne? So he wrote Twin Peaks. He did. Yeah, I was just thinking that too. I, I'm wrote so sad that John got up to get a drink. <laughs> Why had she been killed? Marvin knew what a sucker people were for a mystery. He listened while the various suspects were debated. He was hoping to learn something. First, the basic facts were reviewed. Anne McGaffer was an 18-year-old high school senior, without question the most popular girl on the Silver Lake campus. She had it all. A handsome jock boyfriend, a rich dad, great clothes. But it was all an illusion. The kids at school resented her popularity. Her boyfriend was screwing her best friend. Her dad was an alcoholic and often beat her. And she had to diet constantly to fit into her far-out clothes. (laughs) Then, at the end of book one, she had to go and die. That was book one? Yeah, hold, no, wait, hold um, on. Go on, Chris. Her body was found floating face down in Silver Lake, naked. They was it covered in plastic? Like, <laughs> oh my god, the fuck? Part. Wow. Tied up with barbed wire and showing signs of sexual abuse. Jesus it's a book Christ. for children. Is this but, Twin Peaks? Yes, we, we established We did say that a moment ago drink. before you came in, but it got like a hundred times more Twin Peaks. What the fuck? 
But the police were not releasing all the details. For example, it wasn't known whether Anne had been raped, nor was it known exactly when she had died, although she had clearly floated in the lake for at least one night. Her lovely pale skin was very cold. When did Twin Peaks come out? 1990. <laughs> or 91, before oh, this fucking book. Christopher Bike. Marvin started to get bored as they listed... OCP. <laughs> oh, Marvin started to get bored as they listed the three main suspects. Anne's sleazy boyfriend, Clyde Fountain. <laughs> that name... Fuck. I, I, I want to uh, do a point of order here. Yeah. The name is Clyde Fountain. Clyde Fountain. But it doesn't. Does it's it have so an e on the end? It, it is. It does not have an e. But but I'm it's gonna, so much funnier. I'm gonna do it. Her <laughs> hot-tempered dad, Bill McGaffer. Her disturbed younger brother, Harold McGaffer. There's a fucking character in Twin Peaks this. named Harold. Oh, and there was Mike Madison. They shouldn't forget Mike. Anne had been sleeping with him as well as Clyde before she bit the big one. This is it's it's fucking Twin Peaks. It's uh James and uh, what's his face? Fucking. Can't the, remember. The other one. Oh, God damn it. Um, Clyde hadn't known about that little affair, or so people thought, but Mike wasn't really a suspect because he loved Anne, and he was, well, so nice. <laughs> James. Nice guys don't kill James people. James from Twin Peaks, the worst character. Uh, but then maybe, the class said, it had been Mike because he was too nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Add him to the list. Four major suspects, but dozens of others as well, each with their own hidden motives, like her psychiatrist or Leo, the oh, scumbag drug were, dealer. I thought that was the book, and I was like, or, what? Or Bob, the supernatural entity. <laughs> or the one-armed man. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the, way my, the way Max Slate had set it up, the possibilities were endless. Marvin started to get a headache I, I'm not going to get past the Twin Peaks thing. Marvin started to get a headache. Endless. He had gone over the plot endlessly. They were right. It could have been anyone. Fuck, does he not know who killed her? No, this he said that before. You, oh, this he still hasn't even written the last book. I know, he, but he doesn't know who killed her? I, that's what, I guess I was getting that sense. Ah, I mean, yeah, that's what it seems like, but that's fucking crazy to me. Um... They were right. It could have been anyone. But then why didn't he just make it anyone and start writing the last book? That's a really good question. Yeah, I know. You should probably just do that. Who would know except him? But this is this is the fucking this is the Twin Peaks thing is like you can't solve the mystery because then it's not interesting anymore. Yeah. And people are going to be uh, disappointed. I'm going to call it the moral of the story is uh, you don't publish shit written by children. People don't. <laughs> <laughs> It's not just it's children, though. I'm t I'm, this is what I'm saying. The ending to Lost, you can't satisfy people. They want answers, and then you give them an answer, and they're like, that's not good enough. I don't like it. Um, who would know except him? But that wasn't the way he worked. He honestly believed that he didn't make up his plots, but that he uncovered them. It was as if they were already somewhere in the astral ether, and God had given him a gift that would allow him to tune into them. This is also the, that's power. the way that David Lynch does stuff. <clears throat> uh, is it? Yeah. David Lynch is really into transcendental meditation and literally talks about, like, fucking astral planes and shit. Um, it's cloudy uh, out today. 
<laughs> I Los Angeles, 9.15. Two um, hours today, and it was still cloudy. <laughs> for the listeners, that's okay. If you don't know what Chris is doing, uh, David Lynch, for, I want to say, like, three straight years, just he did weather reports. He has a very reports. hilarious voice. I love his voice. Every single day, he made a video, and it was just him looking out the window from, like, a bunker. Um, yeah, it's like a basement. It's like it's really creepy looking, and he would just be like, "It's nine fifteen a.m. in Los Angeles," and and he'd look out the window and he'd go, "It's foggy." My 69 favorite fact degrees. about <laughs> David Lynch is that he was an actual credited voice actor on the Cleveland Show. Was he? He played the bartender. He was in a lot of episodes. Wow. Yeah. What a what a and guy! Every time he talked, I was like, "That dude has a funny voice." He's got he has got a very distinctive voice. Um, okay, God had given him that gift, allowed them to tune into the, the, them. When he worked on the plot for a story, he simply put his attention on it periodically and let it unfold. And when it was right, he knew it. He didn't manufacture his plots, not his best ones. Never before had his story failed to unfold until now. But he knew in his heart that it could only have been one person who had killed Anne McGaffer, and he knew there was a reason why it could only be that one person. Damn, I want to know who killed Anne McGaffer now. See, you're falling into the trap. I'm falling into the trap. It's not about who killed her. It's about the town. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then why sell it as... Why make the tagline of the show who killed it? That's what ABC did, man. That wasn't David Lynch, man. That was ABC. Why didn't you scroll for me? Oh, sorry. I had to borrow it again. Rude. Oh, okay. You guys just want to talk about Twin Peaks for a no, while? No, I okay. don't. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but who? Who do you think it was, Marvin? Mr. Ramar asked, bringing Marvin back to reality. Marvin sat up with a start. I don't know, he said sadly. Mm. Mr. Ramar smiled. Don't you want to venture a guess? Marvin shrugged. Maybe Anne McGaffer committed suicide. The class booed his idea Oof. for good reason. Poor taste, man. Yeah, like, what, did she rape herself? What? Oh, God. Wait, did it say she was raped? Yeah. <gasps> That's awful. I think you were here when Chris was reading it. I don't know. Or, I was, I, I, I couldn't, I. You were just in a blind rage. I was in a, I was in a Twin Peaks fog. Yeah. Uh, the evidence spoke for itself. Anne had been attacked. She had been tied up. How could she have tied herself up? What a ridiculous idea, they said. Marvin withdrew, quickly withdrew his suggestion. He got no respect, and here he was the author. The discussion changed direction. The girls started to talk about who Max Slate was, what he must be like. Marvin began to enjoy himself. They thought he was awesome. I bet he's 30 years old, dark and handsome, an attractive red-headed girl named Sandy said, playing with her hair. Sandy! Far away looking her eyes, Sandy! <laughs> oh, Sandy. She should date Triad. She should. I can see him in my mind. He lives in a house overlooking the ocean and goes for a walk with his dog every morning. He writes in a small cluttered room and smokes a pipe. He's not married. Just like Christopher Pike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christopher Pike is like, and this is his address, ladies. Guarantee he wasn't married. <laughs> How do you know he's not married, Mr. Ramar asked. Sandy sighed. I can tell by the way he writes that he's been hurt deeply in the past by one woman. She was very beautiful, but he had to leave her. 
Why did he have to leave her? Mr. <laughs> Ramar asked, amused. I can tell by the way he writes, too horny. <laughs> because what he knew fuck? if he stayed with her, he would kill her, what? Sandy said, as if it were obvious. She was bad for Sandy. him, and he was bad for her. I don't think he'd kill her, Marvin said. He's a writer, not a psychopath. He's also not me. <laughs> I don't think I'd kill... I mean, he'd kill her. <laughs> He's a genius, Sandy snapped, as if an ordinary writer and a genius had nothing in common. <laughs> That's an actual sentence. What? Sandy snapped, as if an ordinary writer and a genius had nothing in common. All geniuses are nuts. I don't think he's nuts, a blonde girl named Deborah interrupted. I bet he's tall and blonde and has a cute blonde wife and two adorable blonde children. Jesus. One boy and one girl. Really pushing the blonde agenda here. And they'll start a master That's race. not even the German talking. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably close to 40, but looks younger because he runs on the beach every morning. She smiled to herself. I just know he's absolutely they all think he gorgeous. They Yeah. They all have really specific ideas of how old he is. Right, I'm going to reread that last line because I think it really informs the next one. Yeah, it I does. just know he's absolutely gorgeous. Well, thank you, my dear. <laughs> I happen to be free after class if you want to start on those adorable babies, Marvin thought in his head. God. Marvin was not gorgeous and he knew it, but he believed he was handsome. Had he written about That's himself? Like a, there's like a half step up from handsome to I'm gorgeous. I'm handsome, like, but I'm not gorgeous. We're about but to I find am out. rich, and that will get me <laughs> yeah. far. We're about to find out how the main character describes himself. Nice. Oh, God. I can't had wait. Had he written about himself, he would have said he had dark features, a good-natured expression, and bewitching brown eyes. But he never did write about himself. Not specifically. That was the mistake they made. They thought they knew him by what he wrote. It was true parts of him were in, it was true parts of him were in every one of his stories, but those parts were plugged into so many different characters they couldn't be restructured into one whole person. In other words, he wasn't in the book. He was the book. All parts of it, even the badly written parts, which just went to show he was as lazy as the next guy. What, what? does that mean? Oh. Why do you both think he lives next to the beach, Mr. Ramar? <laughs> Mr. Ramar. Mr. Ramar asking the tough questions. I think Christopher Pike knew this podcast would exist someday, and he wrote a perfect book for it. Wow. So good. God damn it. I love it. Because He's taking he, the words right out of our mouths. He wrote us into existence. Yeah. We're oh. Mr. Ramar. Did he create us? Oh, no. You're blonde. You're very blonde. Ah! <laughs> uh, Mr. Ramar asked why... Do you both think he lives next to the beach? Because he gets his inspiration from the ocean, Sandy said. Because he's rich and can afford it, Deborah said. Yeah, but is the ocean in many of his books? Mr. Ramar asked. He's laid back, remember. His series... I just, I just wrote down Mr. Ramar, cool hot teacher. Cool hot teacher. His series takes place in a town much like our own. Maybe he lives near a lake. Marvin chuckled to himself and glanced over. Isn't Mr. It Ramar Camp is Crystal Lake uh, or something. Mr. Ramar is Pedro Pascal. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I like that casting. Oh yes, yes. Isn't uh, the book called Crystal something? Silver Lake. Oh, Silver Lake. Sorry. Isn't Silver Lake a place in California? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Marvin chuckled to himself and glanced out the window. Two points for Mr. Ramar. 
Marvin could see Lake Sessa. Sessa. Sessa? Sisa. S-E-S-A. Let's go with Sessa. Lake Sessa, from where he was sitting a mile away through the trees and meadows that surrounded Sessa High. It was smaller than Silver Lake, but only a little. If Max Light lives on a lake, Miss Sandy Sirius said, Miss Sandy Sirius said with an air of indignation, it's bottomless. What? I think the lake. I don't know. I don't fucking know what Sandy's talking about. Because he's so deep. I don't know what she's talking about. I think Max Slate's not his real name, Shelly said. It sounds like a pen name to me. Why is that? Mr. Amar asked. Shelly shrugged. Mm, It just does. Then she giggled. (laughs) His real name's probably something like Irving Dumlop or Fred Smith. Something (laughs) boring like that. In fact, he's probably an old fart who can't get laid. Marvin burst out laughing along with the rest of the class. Shelley's remark only intensified debate over Max Slate's personal life. It went on until the bell rang. By then, Max Slate was a transvestite living in the Sahara Desert with a herd of camels for pets and an illegitimate son who was actually a clone of one of his murder victims. Sounds like this a Christopher Pike book. Yep. Tune in amazing. next time for Christopher Pike's Sahara transvestite. <laughs> Sahara <know>. sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and sunrise is like S-O-N. Oh, yeah. shit. Illegitimate son. That's Fuck amazing. yeah, we did it. <laughs> Once again, Marvin caught up with Shelly after she left class. His nerves were still taut. His remark about being unable to get... Her remark about being unable to get laid had made him laugh. But the truth of it hurt as well. The sex scenes, he wrote had been read by millions of kids, but he had never done it himself, even though he's a millionaire. (laughs) I'm not saying that that solves your problems, but I'm just saying. But also, like, if you're a teenager with millions of dollars at your disposal and no parents, because I imagine he emancipated himself. Yeah. Like, you're going to. You're, You're gonna, gonna hire a, a prostitute. <laughs> yeah, at the very least, you can hire that a prostitute. That much money? I do think they said he lives alone. Yeah. Uh, which just goes to show you can't believe everything you read. I It's never, I guess, crossed my mind because most books are written by adults and mm-hmm. not teenagers. Yeah. But I've never read a book with a sex scene and thought, I bet this author fucks. <laughs> No, honestly, they have to. They honestly, wrote it down. The opposite. Whenever I read a sex scene in a book, I'm just like, "Do you know how to fuck? <laughs> yeah. Do you know?" I can only fucking imagine what those I, scenes were like ah! that Marvin wrote. Hey, the, the scenes I that just think, I bet this like, author her wants to. Popped out of her <laughs> her top, and his dong was big. All right. Shelly, I don't even know how to move on. (laughs) Shelly, he said, coming up beside her, those eyes again, looking at him with amusement. Are you following me, sir? She asked. No, Uh, I'm stalking you. Not this shit again. Didn't, didn't, didn't someone call someone in the last Christopher Pike book we read, sir, a bunch? Like as a... I don't remember. I think Raylo was just like always calling her grandfather. Yeah. Crush. Sir. <laughs> uh, her arm brushed against his. Could have been an accident. Hot. Alfie. Alfie! 
Sorry, I had to yell at our cat. An arm brush? My basement's flooded. <laughs> yeah, I need to read that again. Yes, I Her agree. arm brushed against his. Could have Shwing. been an accident. Could have been a divine omen. Like Again. a like a Max Slate villain, she asked. He forced a chuckle. You really think he's an old fart? I think he's probably different than we imagine, she paused. Did you want to ask me something? Yeah, I did. He had to stop there. He was having trouble with his tongue. She waited. <laughs> what? He bit his tongue. Ouch. But there, now it was awake. His tongue? Yep. Who's awake? Did he bite it on purpose to wake it up? Can you imagine him just looking at her going like, like oh, Hold on, jump. Hold on. He, he, he should have um, wrote, his face went slack, and when he chomped down, he bit his tongue. No, it's all, it's perfect as written, and I need to start over because it gets even better. Okay, cool. He bit his tongue. Ouch. But there, now it was awake. He opened his mouth, coughed. Do you want to go out? He asked finally. <laughs> do you want to go out? You can't do that while I'm drinking. <laughs> I tried to warn you. <coughs> when? I don't know. Tonight? Oh my God. Sure. Great. He took a deep breath. She had said sure. That was the same as yes. <laughs> she had said yes. Oh, boy. We need to talk about enthusiastic consent. <laughs> Was this still the first chapter? She didn't say no. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I love this book. Oh, my God. Oh, this was great. This was wonderful. This moment he would have to write about someday. What would you like to do? He asked. We can do anything. I'm loaded. <laughs> she gave him a dear Shelley Quaid look, what? which was very dear indeed. What the fuck does that mean? What? I would like to have a great time. You decide what we should do. Oh, Shelly. Uh, I could put my penis in you, he said. Does he have to bite it to wake it up first? <laughs> no, she does. <laughs> oh, give fuck? it serious thought. He knew he would think about nothing else the rest of the day. What time should I pick you up? Six. Is six good? Yeah. She made a face. Are we going on your bike? We don't have to. Not that he had another mode of transportation immediately available, although he supposed he could take his mother's car if she didn't know about it. Like, I'm sorry, you're a millionaire. You can take your mother's buy, car. You can <laughs> buy a car. You yeah. Can probably buy a car. Go buy a car after school you're, and pick her up in your brand new car. Right? Leave the fucking sticker on it. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind, she said quickly. I'll get a car. Maybe we can go in my mother's car, she offered. We'll work it out. It'll be all right. Yeah. She stopped walking God, and turned to face him. Why did you choose today to ask me out, she asked. He looked up. It's a sunny day. Then he shrugged. I don't know. Uh -oh. <laughs> I was wondering if it was something I was wearing. She gestured to her red plaid blouse, her gray kilt skirt, her little schoolgirl's outfit, as he liked to think of it. Yeah. Christopher, yeah. Christopher Pike for shame. <laughs> she as leaned her head. He, unquote, liked to think of it. <laughs> Oh, she's doing a move here. She leaned her head slightly to one side and lifted the end of her long brown hair, playing with it. Or if it was something else, she asked. My boobs, perhaps. <laughs> he looked her straight My in the boobs, eye. perchance. He looked her straight in the eye, not at the boobs, knowing it was a trap. Something he had not done in a long time, because he was always staring at her boobs. It wasn't your clothes, he said. 
darn. Shelly? That means I can't just put on this outfit the next time I want you to ask me out. I won't know what to do. She laughed at his perplexed expression and playfully shoved him away. <laughs> what I'm saying, Marvin, is don't take so long next time. It was a wonderful life. The girl I have a crush <laughs> on the was a sociopath. <laughs> Oh my what the god, fuck? that was one chapter, chapter one! Don't take so long after your previous boyfriend, boyfriend commits suicide. Himself? Yeah. God, Marvin, you square, why'd you wait so long? <laughs> my grieving process ended months ago. Oh, you know how I've horny I've been? I've been throwing myself at you. I'm wearing plaid, for Christ's sake. <laughs> you think I have underwear on under this? No! This gray skirt. I wore my little schoolgirl's outfit just for you, just for you, Marvin, every I day. I touched my hair, Marvin. I touched my hair. I said, why wouldn't it be a plaid skirt? Oh, well, it, it was, a, well, it was plaid. a plaid blouse it, and a gray skirt. It was called a kilt, actually. That's weird. Which uh, lets you know it's plaid. In, in my Catholic school, the girls had two different <laughs> skirts. One, I don't know why, and I'm not making mm -hmm. this up, but one of the skirts was plaid and one of the skirts was gray and it was mm. seasonal so you uh. wore the one in the spring in the fall and the spring and you wore Unimportant. the other one in the in the winter and i don't know why i think the gray one was winter i think it was plaid and then gray and then it went back to plaid i don't That's know why weird. but the but the the blouses shirts were just white button down shirts like yeah. everyone just wore a white button or a blue button down and oh boy they, they played a dangerous game with how many buttons were buttoned sure did at least when i went to catholic school i didn't go to catholic they, they school. just oh wrote they a fine did line. i mean there it wasn't all you know it wasn't every girl but it was a decent amount of girls who saw you how how many buttons can they get away with not having buttoned and how Short, can they get away with the skirt? And thing? honestly, even at that age, it wasn't attractive. It just seemed desperate. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> at that age. I mean, I would admire from afar, but I would not talk to them. I talked to them, but I didn't do anything because I did not know how girls worked. Mostly because I was what like, oh, they're, they're popular. When I talked to they them, I was just like, I was like, you want to see my drawings? You drawings of Do you want to be in my scary. zombie movie? <laughs> I had so you're, many you're girls in my zombie movie. <laughs> it's crazy. Not a how single girlfriend. Huh? How many of them did you a kiss? Lot. Oh, oh! How many did I kiss, Chris? Yeah. In high school. A the, zero. the girls in your zombie zombie movies. Zero. Zero girls I kissed. That makes sense. The one girl <laughs> in my zombie movies, the one girl who was my character's girlfriend in the movie was my co-worker who was Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think it makes you a better adult. Thank in you. other words, like because you weren't forced to be an adult early on. Mm -hmm. And you got to like really like stretch that childhood. Oh, I did not as far as possible as far as possible, which no. is like what I did. And it, it but like as an adult, it makes you just so much better at being an adult. I agree. Yeah, I didn't peak. At all in high school. Just saying. All you sluts and whores. <laughs> well, we don't slut and whore shame on the show. I'm not show. shaming. People. I'm just saying men and women, because 
men are sluts and whores too. Uh, you, you kind of lost out on just enjoying things to enjoy things instead of trying to get laid all the time. I think that's a fair sentiment, but I agree. We do said not. The, we do not slut and who are shame. <laughs> said the ace person. <laughs> um, chapter two. I'm judging all of you. <laughs> chapter two. Marvin left. By the way, his name's Marvin. That's I know, I find that great. I know, we haven't even addressed yeah. that. Yeah, that's great. Marvin's a wild name mm-hmm. for a 17-year-old, but I guess... It's not wild for a Martian. <laughs> I, but can you... I don't know. Can you imagine it's going to high school with a Marvin? It's just one of those names, like... Yeah. You can't imagine a baby, a baby named Marvin. No, yeah. no, I can't imagine a teenager named Marvin. The, the Marvin no child I'm, I'm picturing him is by 60 Marv. years old. I, I know think a Marvin Marv, that's I think, uh, not 60, but I only I met Marv, him as an adult. Yeah. When I think Marv, I think someone trying to kill a child in a house he's trying to rob. Oh, from Home, Home Alone. Alone. <laughs> I was like, Or Sin I think uh, Mickey Rourke with a lot of <laughs> Yeah, Sin City, that's what I was thinking oh. of. Um, <clears throat> Marvin or left. a Martian. I'm definitely not picturing a 17-year-old millionaire boy. Marvin left the campus at lunch. He didn't know if Shelly... Millionaire boy, the book. (laughs) I'm Marvin the millionaire. I'm Uh, a millionaire boy. (laughs) He didn't know if Shelly turned in. (laughs) That really got me. That really got me good. What was it? Just Chris saying I'm a millionaire boy. With his little French Schneider no, voice. I'm a millionaire boy. <laughs> I'm a millionaire boy. <laughs> I am a motorcycle. I'm a motorcycle millionaire boy. <laughs> because I'm rich and I do not know better. He didn't know if Shelley turned invisible during that time slot or not. I'm going to go with not. For him to leave halfway through the school day was not unusual. Like many seniors, he had only four periods. He swung his leg over his bike in the parking lot, fastened on his helmet, and sped away from school. <laughs> listening to Bat Out of Hell. He was feeling euphoric <laughs> about his date with Shelley that night, and whenever he felt strong emotions, good or bad, he drove fast, just like Meatloaf. He loved his bike because he loved the sensation of speed. The wind on his face. Do you think the... he's about to die on this bike? <gasps> I hope so. <laughs> Chapter, we already read a book where the main character died immediately. But it's got to be. Yeah. The wind on his face, the vibration of the road beneath him, the roar of the engine in his ears. Those, these sensations did more for him than walking a dog on a beach ever would. <laughs> <laughs> Yet he still liked to go for walks around the lake, especially late at night when everybody was asleep, when he needed the quiet to think. It seemed his stories came easier when he was surrounded by darkness. Marvin had a post office box. All his correspondence with his editor and agent passed through this box. His manuscripts, like those of all authors, went through several stages before they were printed in book form. Editing, line editing, copy editing, galleys, pages. What? <laughs> pages is at the end? Christopher Pike <laughs> is, reading, is writing this like, I'm in my fucking element! Yeah. 
Each step hopefully improving upon what had originally been written. He was, therefore, constantly receiving and sending mail to New York City, where both his publisher and agent were located. On top of that, he got 500 fan letters a week. Not a lot by pop, rock, or TV star standards. Pop and rock didn't have a comma. Pop rock. So it was like pop rock. Pop rock. But a ton considering that he was a celebrity whom no one had mm-hmm. ever seen. All this fan ma- mail was sent to his editor who, who forwarded it to the P.O. box that his own mother didn't know about. It's a Becca page. No, no. She didn't Wait, even know that he was Max Slate. How? Marvin headed for the post office after leaving school. Where's his money? I guess he has his own bank account. That's a crazy secret to... Um, it's fine. It's just... Is he not contributing to the household when he has millions of dollars? <laughs> he does not like his mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't heard much about her, but his yeah. dad was a piece of shit. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, Blah, blah, pick up his mail. Let's read more about the mail. Uh-huh. He was surprised when he walked into the post office, helmet in hand, to find his little sister Anne already digging into his envelopes. What do you do... Wait, Anne? Oh, isn't that the name sister. of? Isn't that the name of the main character from his fucking book? Wait, is it? I'm sorry if it's not. I'm on page 27. Hold on, I have to find it's like out. Like McGafferty or something? Yeah. And yeah, I think so. And McCraggan. Scrolling. <laughs> and McGann fan. If. Scroll, scroll. Anne! Oh. Anne McGaffer is oh, the name wow. of the fucking dead woman in dead his book. raped girl? Yeah, God. Gross, Marvin. Marvin! You know what they say, write what you know. No! Ugh. Where it's even am I? I'm so... Name. Why wouldn't he come up with a different fucking name? Well, Lisa Simpson is... Uh... Matt oh, Gra- wait. named the Simpsons after his family. I think it's about his dad's name is Homer. Did, were they raped and killed? No, uh, canonically not. <laughs> yeah. There's the distinction. What are you doing here? He asked, happy to see her. His sister was the closest person to him in the world. She was the only one who knew Max Slate's true identity. You she, trust that with your little sister? She, was she only probably 11. pressured him into naming a character after her. She was only 11, six years mm-hmm. his junior, but already strikingly beautiful. Stop it. Ugh. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop she it. had amazing green no, eyes. stop it. They were definitely green, she assured him, not hazel. And the face stop of an it. angel. Stop. No. Even <laughs> Shelly, no. for all her fine features. No. No. Could no. not have competed with his sister in a beauty contest. No. No. Chapter two. No. Christopher, no! (laughs) This page is blurry as if the book is rebelling against being read. She was also a brilliant child. Both his agent and editor would have been shocked to know an 11-year-old was his only sounding board for his stories. And how hot he thought she was. (laughs) No! It was not as if Anne gave him ideas so much that she had an uncanny knack of knowing which of his ideas should be discarded. Anne loved his books. She was the one who suggested the rape. (laughs) But sometimes she made fun of how he was obsessed with the dark side. 
Because so often young girls similar to herself died in his story, she had once accused him of writing dead sister books. He didn't believe the accusation was fair, but as a morbid tribute to her and her help, he had begun to make Anne the middle name of each of his female victims. It was curious. Not a single one of his fans had ever noticed that small fact. The that Silver Lake series... Seems impossible. Impossible. ...was the first time he had named the central victim after his sister, which surprisingly pleased her. I immediately want to Google Christopher Pike's sister, sister. and see if she's hot. <laughs> to see if she's hot? Yeah. <laughs> see named- if she has green eyes and is Fuck. a man. I didn't go to school, Anne said. His box was on the bottom row. Anne jerked upright at his approach and dropped a couple of manila envelopes onto the floor. His editor generally stuffed his fan mail into oversized envelopes before mailing it to him. So you thought you'd come by and steal my mail? He asked, actually pleased she was going to the trouble to get it for him. I was bored, Anne said. I wanted to read the latest batch of teenage girls gushing over you. Hold on, I'm going to reread that. I was bored. I wanted to read the latest batch of teenage girls gushing over you. Does it inspire you? He asked. Gross. Helping her pick up the mail. And Anne had the tiniest hands. Everything about her was small and cute. This is as written. I'm not ad-libbing. And I feel terrible reading it. I don't like it anymore. Chapter two. We got to the incest. <clears throat> <laughs> We knew we were going to get there. We just didn't what, know how What soon. voice were you doing for her? Uh, Spinelli from the show Recess, voiced by Pamela Adlon, who does also does the voice of Bobby Hill. <laughs> just do Bobby so Hill. So Bobby Hill. Okay, I'll do Bobby Hill. Yeah. Did we do Bobby we Hill? We did do Bobby <laughs> Hill for someone. I can't remember who it was. It's, it's a go-to for give sure. Me, I, need, I need a jumping... I can't think of Bobby Hill off my own. Just give me a... Give me a a read. Give me a, give me a line read. Okay. Yeah. That's my purse. I don't know you. It makes me jealous, she said. I got it again. Nailed I remember it. now. Yeah. Nailed it. <clears throat> Flawless. Really? Just kidding. She's, <laughs> she stuffed the mail in the green knapsack She's on her back. She liked to carry it. She was proud of his success. It killed her that she couldn't tell her friends at school about her famous brother. Why aren't you at school, he asked. I'm supposed to be sick! Are you sick? He asked. She giggled. (laughs) Of course not! I'm just lazy! (laughs) Oh my god. Did you ride your bike all the way down here? Yes! Home was two miles away. Then you're not all that lazy, he said. They finished collecting the mail and walked toward the exit, or he walked and Anne skipped. Oh god. Ew. How's she holding like a big it? lollipop. <laughs> I don't like it. She had she, flapping she pigtails. She's wearing a sailor's uniform. Yeah. How's mom doing? He asked reluctantly and stopped skipping. <sighs> She's having a bad day. You know what you sound like? Who? A what? ghoul from Fallout 4. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes. A bad, <laughs> bad day meant oh a bad day meant she had gotten drunk before noon book for kids oh the mom yeah I thought you meant the sister at first sister <laughs> Margaret <laughs> the 11 year old sister got drunk that's before why she noon. wasn't at school <laughs> yeah I'm drunk um Marvin sighed <sighs> I don't know what we're gonna do with her he said Anne took his hand 
do we have to do anything with her? She'll kill herself eventually. The poor girl. She had two alcoholic parents. He thought God would have been satisfied to give her one. <laughs> Damn. Jesus wow. But that was one thing writing had taught Marvin about God. For when he wrote, he got to play God. The man upstairs was capable of anything. It was a fantasy of Anne's that when her big brother left home, which he planned to do after he graduated from high school, he'd take her with him. I think it might be a fantasy of his, too. It wasn't that she didn't love her mother. Because she's so attractive. Or her father, for that matter, whom, thankfully, she seldom saw. I keep forgetting to take notes because... Uh, um, oh, my God. The, yeah. <laughs> it started so strong. <laughs> no, the wind oh, it's is still strong, Chris. Just not in the way we don't. We, not in the way oh, we no, like. No, 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 no. It's poetry. <laughs> <laughs> but like, come on, man. <laughs> Do you have to point out how hot your sibling is every fucking book? Do you have to? <laughs> I Christopher. Christopher. <laughs> it was just that her parents' problems were too overwhelming for an eleven-year-old girl. It was primarily because his parents were dysfunctional that Marvin hid his Max Slate identity. He was two months short of his 18th birthday. Until he was 18, either one of his parents could seize control of his money, which was approaching the $2 million mark. He kept his money in an ordinary NOW account. I don't know what that means, but it's in all caps. I don't know, but he's he's right to do this. They would drink that That, money. Yeah, that he had opened with his mother's help on his 13th birthday. But it was an account he was sure his mother no longer remembered. He wasn't as worried about her, though, as he was about his dad, who would squander every penny Marvin had made. His dad was not a happy drinker, and he gambled as well as drank. Marvin sometimes thought that if he wrote his dad into a book, the man would come across as unbelievable. Except to the kids who had alcoholic parents. God. Jesus. We'll have to do something for mom one of these days, Marvin told Anne, squeezing her hand. But not today. That's a well-written line. Yeah. That's really well-written. It is. <laughs> Fuck you, Christopher Puck. God, yeah. <laughs> he messed up her dark hair, which she wore short. Don't worry about it. Give me your best little Annie smile. <laughs> Guys, I know I do this every single book, uh-huh. but do you know how much $2 billion in 1992 is worth now? No. $4 oh. million. $317,937. Oh my god. Double. Doubled. Doubled. Should have bought a bunch of Rita's. Ew. Gave up writing. <laughs> I hate all of this. She jerked her hand away and slapped him. Don't call me Annie. I hate that name, Mr. Slate. He laughed. Shh, don't call me that name. Not here. I'm sorry. What do you want to do today? Anne liked to be different fictional characters, sometimes from movies, usually from books. Sometimes a name would stay with her for a month, and during that time, she would walk around as if she were the character. (gasps) Arwen, she said without hesitation. (laughs) Who? The elven princess in The Lord of the Rings. You remember she married Aragorn. Of course. Give it ten years, this will be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So what does she do that I can look forward to? Anne's eyes were round as she <laughs> looked much, up at honestly. Him. She can work magic. Marvin couldn't help but be warned by those magic eyes of his sister. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she can. 
They rode home together side by side. Anne was in a chatty mood, but had to yell over the engine noise. So, excuse me. She's on a bicycle, and he's on a motorcycle. Wait, is that what's happening? He's riding the motorcycle. Yeah, so he's just like going real slow. I like the fact he's also on the sidewalk. Yeah. Or she's she's pedaling as fucking hard as she can, yeah. just to, like holy shit. <laughs> okay, so they rode home together side by side. Anne was in a chatty mood, but had to yell over the engine noise. She explained how she had faked a fever so she could watch an R-rated movie, uh, an R-rated show on cable before their mom got out of bed for the second time. Mrs. Summer usually got up to see them off to school and then reappeared about noon for a pot of coffee and a pack of cigarettes. They lived on their father's child support and the money Marvin brought in from doing ghostwriting for local newspaper reporters. What? That's like a whole new thing. That's like another job. Finish the sentence. He's also... The latter, of course, being a complete fabrication. Oh. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks. I was going to say, like, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's funneling gonna, money in through a lie. Yeah. You're going to do a hat he's on a He's laundering his own money <laughs> yes. into his family. <laughs> By doing all the same ha- job. Holy shit. <laughs> all those hours he spent writing in his room, his mother thought he was fine-tuning a few lousy articles for throwaway newspapers. His dad was so inconsistent with his payments, his mother drinking away most of what he did send, that they would have been out on the street if Marvin hadn't been shipping in money for the last three years. In fact, his mother was so stoned most of the time, she didn't realize that he was paying 90% of their upkeep. It's sad now. I'm just depressed. I don't like it anymore. (laughs) He didn't mind. He would have given both his parents every cent he had if it would have been... Excuse me. I had to burp because I'm uh, drinking, uh, which makes this sentence uh, bad to say. He would have given both his parents every cent he had if it would have cured their disease. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But he was beginning to believe they would never get better, and that caused him great sorrow. Their mom was smoking a cigarette and watching TV when they got home. There was no visible sign of liquor because she never drank in front of them. Marvin. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, great mom. Marvin could count the number <laughs> of times on the fingers of both hands he had seen her lift alcohol to her lips. But the vodka bottles that passed through her bedroom uh, were evidence, and so was the damage to her once beautiful face. Oh my gosh. Just looking at his mom ruined much of the good feeling he had got from asking Shelly out and riding home with Anne. Damn! I don't know if we can do more than two chapters. Hang on. I know. Oh. She was still an attractive woman. Oh no, now the incest again. Not surprisingly, she looked like an older version of Anne. Her Mm. mouth was even wider than Anne's. And she had an well, excellent she an adult. And she out. had an Why excellent figure. Out? Hey mom. You got a banging body and a big old mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you got some nice DSLs. <laughs> it was in her green eyes the damage was most clearly recorded. Not hazel. Fuck. There was nothing in them. No emotion. Oh no. <laughs> there was nothing she's just got a dead shark eyes (laughs) no emotion Um, no thought the worst of all things (laughs) oh oh, oh. i was like maybe this will (laughs) book 
I want Triad to come back. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, maybe this book will be four parts, and now I'm thinking, like, maybe this book will be ten episodes. (laughs) Oh, man. No. Uh, There's nothing in them. No emotion, no thought, the worst of all things. Sometimes when he spoke to his mother, he imagined that he was talking to an animated corpse. He prayed it didn't come to that. What? The doctor said that already two-thirds of her liver was shot. The doctor told him that. Still, he didn't know why she drank. He didn't know why his father did. It wasn't as if he and Anne had driven them to it. Hi, he said, coming around. It's not all about you. I know, yeah. Teenage boy. Uh, You said it earlier in the page, it's a disease. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Some people can't help themselves. Some people had a past before you were born (laughs) that informs their life. Or are genetically disposed to (laughs) addiction. Hi, he said, coming around to give her a hug and a kiss. She was watching a video of an old Clark Gable movie. Humphrey Bogart, Grace Kelly, Fred Astaire, Greta Garbo. Where's John Nagel when you need him? All her favorites. Is this all in one movie? Is there one movie with all of those people in it? No, I think he was just explaining, like, the shit she likes. Ah, she just likes that shit. She's just like a, she's a real John Nagel. Yeah. When it comes to movies. Oh, she's Nageling. (laughs) (laughs) She seldom watched anyone who wasn't from the black and white era, which was curious because she wasn't that old. But she loved those good old days when men were noble and women never seemed to age. Uh, Hello, Marvin, she said, giving him a brief dry kiss. I should hope so. How was school? A long wet kiss from your mom would be a problem. (laughs) Glorious, he said. I got a B on my English paper on that frog story I told you about. She took a drag on her cigarette, her eyes returning to the TV screen. Don't you study frogs in biology? This wasn't exactly a scientific paper, he said. Hello, Mom, Anne chimed in. Hello, her mother replied, reaching for the remote control. She raised the volume a couple notches without (laughs) even looking over. Oh, my God. Damn. Shut down. Oh, my gosh. Damn. He had always been her favorite, which annoyed both of them. Fuck. Have you done your chores, Mom asked. Yes, Mom, I did them before I went to school, Anne said, and of course it was an absurd lie. But even their mom didn't even register, or, but their mom didn't even register the fact, not even when Anne had pretended to be sick that morning. (laughs) Marvin could smell the alcohol in the air, between six and eight ounces of 80 proof vodka in her system. Okay. His, His nose had become sensitive over the years, apparently. Wow. That's nice, their mom said. I'm going to go work in my room, Marvin said. Okay, she said. I'm going to help him, Anne added. Finish your chores first. His room was his sanctuary. Although they lived on a conservative budget, their house was spacious, and the three bedrooms upstairs were each large enough to accommodate their private lives. For all his wealth, Marvin had bought himself very few luxuries, partly because he didn't want to alert people to the fact of his money, but also because he just didn't care that much about stuff. Excuse me. But he did have an excellent stereo system and almost a thousand CDs. Y'all remember CDs? What is he, my brother? (laughs) He had a hard time writing unless he had loud music on, which was weird because when he had started to write, when he was 13... Oh, there we go. So that answers that question. He had found it impossible to compose a paragraph without complete silence. 
He didn't really hear the music when he what when he was working, even with headphones on. One of his favorite songs would come on, and he would make a mental note to enjoy it while he was writing. But then a few minutes later, he'd realize the song was finished, and he hadn't heard a word of it. He believed the music helped by distracting his conscious mind while not fully taking it away from his work. In other words, he needed his attention on what he was doing, but he also needed to be on automatic to write his best stuff. It was the flow that mattered, the power of the story coming through. He honestly felt the entire thinking process was overrated when it came to writing. When he sat and tried to construct a provocative paragraph, it inevitably came out stilted and strained. Can we read your mail now? Anne asked, plopping down on his bed, removing her backpack like a scamp. <laughs> she dumped the letters onto his bedspread. Sure, Marvin said. He sat at his desk and flipped on his computer. It was doubtful he was going to get any work done in the next few hours, what with his chronic writer's block and his upcoming date with Shelley, but sometimes just turning on the word processor helped. That was a very long sentence. Very long. When he had started writing, he did it all in longhand, resisting uh, getting a word processor because he couldn't type. But his agent had finally talked him into buying a computer. And when he wrote his next novel in a month, he was sold on the thing. Can you imagine being this guy's agent? And just like, like deciphering 13 year old child's handwriting. Yeah, just like yeah. my fucking client. <laughs> also, it's like, how are you publishing a 13 year old child's shit without the parent's permission? Oh, yeah, right. Like, how did this start? How yeah. did you get an agent? Yeah. Kids kids don't have rights. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, though. Uh, they're property until they're 18. <laughs> he could write incredibly fast when he had to. Once, under the pressure of a deadline, he had written an entire book in an ele in, a, in 11 days. <clears throat> I wonder kids if... Have so much free time. <laughs> I wonder if any of the letters will ask you where you get your ideas, Anne said, plucking an envelope from the pile. Marvin reached over and picked up a handful of letters and set them in his lap. Anne was being sarcastic with her comment. Half the mail he received asked where he got his ideas as if it were a question he could answer. I hope there are some pictures, Marvin said. Often his fans sent him photographs of themselves. Occasionally there was... Yes? Occasionally there was even a nude picture, <laughs> which made him nervous. Though yeah. he had never thrown any of them away. <laughs> he keeps them in a shoebox and under lets his, his 11-year-old sister open he, them. He looks at them with her. Um, Anne looked at him in disgust. She knew too much about him, he sometimes thought. I agree. How gross, Anne said. She opened the letter in her hand. Do you want me to read it to you? Don't bother. I'll get to it. He read all the mail he got and suffered continuous guilt that he was able to answer so little of it. He had once calculated that if he answered each letter he received, he would have to give up both writing and sleeping. But occasionally he would scribble a note in response if a particular letter had touched him or if the fan was sick or something. <laughs> have... Dude, photos. I'm not laughing at people being sick. It's just the way it was written yes. was very funny. This that's a crime. What? Nude the nude photo. Oh. You're sending nude photos to an underage boy. That's a crime. They don't know they're doing crimes. I know they don't know they're doing crimes. 
Marvin reached down. I don't down. know if it was a crime yet. I don't know. It was. I just don't think they cared as much. Marvin reached down for a letter in his lap. He used the letter opener on his desk to open the envelope. It was a fairly standard fan letter. Dear Mr. Slate, I just wanted to tell you that you are the most awesome writer in the whole world. I have read every one of your books. I can't believe how good they are. When I'm reading them, I feel like I'm right there doing all the things the characters are doing. Sometimes I get so scared while reading one of your stories that I have to sleep with the lights on. You always keep me in suspense right up until the last page. You are simply the greatest. My name is Nancy Berg, and I live in a small town in Iowa. I'm 16 years old and a junior in high school. I have two older brothers, a dog named Shirley, and bad asthma. My hobbies include playing piano, theater, and reading your books. My goal is to someday be a writer like you. You are a great inspiration to me. I was wondering if I could ask you some questions. Here they are. One, where do you get your ideas? Two, how old are you? Three, are you married? Four, how long does it usually take you to write a book? Five, how much money do you make? <laughs> Six. <laughs> What's your net worth? Do you have any stocks? Six. Are any of the characters in your books based on real people? Right now I'm reading your The Mystery of Silver Lake series. It's the best. I'm dying to know who killed Anne McGaffer. I can hardly wait for the next book. Well, I've got to go. Hope to hear from you soon. Your number one fan, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> was it your number one fan Anne asked yeah it was a nice letter Marvin said setting it down he reached for another how was yours it was also from your number one fan Anne said and giggled the letters cracked her up but Marvin viewed them differently it was hard to take seriously the adoration heaped upon him in the letters especially when he was treated so normally in his everyday life but he also realized that he must have deeply affected the people who wrote, or they wouldn't go to the trouble of telling him how much his work meant to them. The next letter had no nude pictures enclosed. <laughs> it didn't need them. It didn't need them? Dear Mr. Slate, I love your books. I love you. I feel like I know you. I see you in your work. A part here, a piece there. I have this fantasy about you. That you are really God, and we are all just characters in your stories. Or that maybe you're the devil, and that you're going to lead us into wicked sin. Well, I have to continue this voice. <laughs> I fantasize about these things all the time. I had this dream about you last night. I'm a senior in high school, and in gym we still have to take showers. In my dream, I was alone in the shower, naked, and you came walking in wearing a bla black tux. <laughs> a what tux? A black. <laughs> what happened to you? I mean, I always just, wear a tux in the shower. That's you, normal, right? You all of someone wearing a black tuxedo going into a shower. It's amazing. I uh, hope he's surprised he finds the woman in there. That's, uh, oh, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> I was just coming in to powder my nose. At 
first I was shy, even when you told me who you were because I didn't believe that you were the real Max Slate. But then you started kissing me under the warm shower, and your hands oh, and your hands were all over my body, and I knew it was you. You were like the devil, because you were so forceful, but it was so good. The sex, that you were like God as well. You can see that I'm a real big fan. This is from, uh, hi, schoolgirl. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to write me back and give me your phone number. I want you to give me directions to your house so I can dox you. I want you to fly me to your front doorstep. I want a part of you, a piece of you, and in return, I'm going to give you all of me. I think it will be sweet. Don't keep me waiting long. Love you, Becky. when right when right wing nut jobs God. talk about getting pornography out of schools, you're on their side now. Why weren't oh, they? Man. Well, no. It's, Did they know they, about they, this? They were, they were like proclaiming books that were nothing like this. Oh yeah, <laughs> these are the books that they should have. Yeah. Been. Oh, the books they think are pornographic are like a uh, gay persons in this book. This is like penthouse letters. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that thing where I can't remember what state it was, but uh, the fucking Republicans were like, uh, any books with this kind of pornographic material can't be kept in schools. And a guy successfully it was, it was like, got uh, them to take the Bible. all the Bibles out of all the schools. Because no, yeah. he was, was like, amazing. under your rule. Yeah. The Bible is pornographic. And they're like, uh, prove it. And they was just like, uh, this part and this part and this part and this part. And it just like went on. And he was like, and so just like no you way, passed man. a law that says this. So my hands are tied. <laughs> Gotta get those Bibles out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It's good shit. Mac casually set, Mac casually set the letter aside. Casually. Mac was hard and he set the letter aside for later. Becky had not given him her phone number, but he could probably get it from information. Wait, is this the first time? Doesn't he have her return uh, address? Well, no, Mac is the character he writes about. This is the first time, like, the... Oh, oh, yeah. (gasps) He's referred to himself as Mac instead of Marvel. Why Why is information capitalized? Is that, like, dialing zero? Yeah, probably. What the fuck? Yeah, fucking old. 1992. I know. She'd be. Oh, my God. Yeah, Chris, you're right. Is he Mac now? Does he, like, turn into Mac? Oh, like, does he start to power into his character? Mac power. I'm going to read it like that. Mac casually set the letter aside. Becky had not given him her phone number, but he could probably get it from information. She'd be fun to talk to on the phone. Sometimes, when he was lonely, he'd call up girls who had written him provocative letters. I can't keep doing that voice. (sighs) Especially late at night. He'd He'd had a few steamy conversations in the last year. Just because he wrote intriguing books, they all thought he had special insight into what made them tick. Do you think Don't him on the phone? This, book. this is crazy. <laughs> Do you think him on the phone is him saying like, yeah, uh, um, uh, uh, "Is this Mac?" Y- yes, uh, I am a grown man. I'm, a, I'm, an adult, I'm an adult man. Are you 16? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to phone sex? Oh yeah, 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 you know, like uh, you want to like uh, I don't know, rub elbows. 
They also assumed he must be fantastically sexy. Of course, when he talked to them, he did nothing to destroy their illusions. Of course. So does he just not speak? Because his conversation with Shelly earlier was tragic. Right. <laughs> it was tragic. He can't open he his mouth at all. Earlier, he was just like, bit his tongue and then went, do you want to go out? <laughs> yeah. He sometimes wondered if they had known he was only in high school. Would they have... Okay. Some of the sentences... Yeah. He sometimes wondered, if they had known he was only in high school, would they have worshipped him so? No. The answer is no. I hope not. Anne raised an eyebrow as he set the letter aside. A girl who wants to take off all her clothes for you, she asked. Not at all. Anne. I don't want to make you jealous. He opened... (laughs) This is amazing. Not at all. He opened his desk drawer and put the letter inside. It's from the mother of a teenage girl who's dying of leukemia. Wow. Can I read it? Sadako and the Thousand Paper Cranes. What? What? There's a book called Sadako and the Thousand Paper Cranes of a girl dying of leukemia. Wow. I was forced to read it in school. It was very depressing. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, Can I read it? Was it? (laughs) You wouldn't want to. It's very depressing. It's the doctor of the thousand paper <laughs> and nodded. I bet you're this poor sick girl's last wish, or I bet you this poor sick girl's last wish is to kiss the great Max Slate. Marvin had to laugh, and could see right through him. She believes it'll cure her, he said. He was almost through his pile of envelopes when he came across a fan letter that had been mailed from. Sessa to his publisher in New York. I didn't realize how weird that word was until I had to see it again. He could tell by the Sessa postmark there was no return address. He was surprised. Sessa was a small town of only 10,000. It was true he got letters from all over America, the whole world for that matter, but even with the volume of mail he received, the odds against his getting a letter from his hometown were slim. He fingered the letter thoughtfully before opening it. Yeah, he did. What's the matter? Anne asked, <laughs> looking up. Someone from Sessa sent this. What does it say? What did someone from Sessa say? <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know. Anne was intrigued. Open it. Read it. Marvin tore open the envelope. The note was only one sentence long, typed on clean white paper in capital letters. I know who you are. I know who you are. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I know who you are. Marvin whispered aloud, and he felt his heart skip a beat. Anne quickly went over and knelt beside him. She plucked the letter from his hand and studied it. It's probably just a crank letter, she said after a moment. If they knew who you were, they would have called you by your real name. A crank letter? What is she, a newsie? <laughs> I disagree, Marvin said. This is the first letter I've ever received that said this. And this one was mailed from right here. So now we know they're in Sessa. That's too much of a coincidence. The person must know who I am. But how? Marvin was troubled. I don't know. Maybe someone noticed me at the post office collecting my mail and saw the name on an envelope. Ben wouldn't have told anybody. Ben Fryer was his agent. For tax reasons, it was necessary that Ben knew his true identity and his social security number. But even Ben didn't know he was still in high school. They had only talked on the phone. His own editor believed his real name was Max Slate. Oh, the early 90s when you could get away with so much crime. (laughs) (laughs) 
Are you sure? Anne asked. I can always ask him. Marvin took back the letter and studied it. The note had been typed with an old-fashioned typewriter, but other than that, there were no clues to the identity of the sender. I know who you are. The message was simple enough, yet because of its very vagueness, it carried with it an underlying threat, Marvin thought. What are you going to do? Anne asked, worried. She lived in fear that their father might take everything Marvin had earned to punish them for keeping their secret from him. There isn't anything I can do, Marvin replied. The more he thought about it, the more likely it seemed that his identity had been uncovered at the post office. It wasn't even possible. It was even possible an employee there had leaked the information. He briefly considered checking out the idea, but decided that would only draw more attention to himself. What troubled him most was why someone would send him such a letter. Perhaps the person recognized his strong desire to remain anonymous and was planning to blackmail him. He wouldn't be surprised if he received another letter soon, but he was only concerned, not anxious. Chances were, the unknown sender was just trying to give him the creeps. Blackmail was a dangerous game to play, and the person who sent the letter must know that. Should you go to the police? Anne asked. Marvin laughed and messed up her hair. <laughs> no, it's probably just a letter from an adoring fan. Who knows? You might be right. The person who sent it might not even know my real name. It was sent to Max Slate. Right then the phone rang. Marvin yes. reached for it. Oh my god, when will this chapter end? I don't know. I thought it was going to end with that spooky letter. I thought so, too. It was his editor, Pat Winchell. <laughs> she, he is fucking wild with last names. Yes, the I last love names it. are always crazy. I love it. Or, I don't, that wasn't that crazy. It's just the name combinations yeah. are so odd. She was his benefactor. She was the first person outside of his agent to recognize his talent and buy one of his books. Even though he was enjoying tremendous success now, he had gone through a hard year of rejections before Pat picked up one of his novels. He could remember with complete clarity the day his agent had called him with the news. He had just returned home from school and was lying on his bed, staring at the ceiling and wondering if he was going to have to live in Sessa for the rest of his life with his zombie mother and nasty father. Then the phone had rung. Congratulations! It was a good thing he was lying down. He had been given only a paltry advance, $5,000, and the minimum paltry. royalty paltry. rate. Yeah. That's 10 grand in today's money. <laughs> Maybe he's being, you know. <laughs> uh, and the minimum royalty rate, but it had been the happiest day of his life. His book was going to be in print. People were going to walk into bookstores and pick it up and buy it. That prospect alone was enough to have him walking on clouds for days. He was... It was one of those thrills that he doubted he would ever re-experience. Pat was a senior editor at the largest publisher in the world. She was always nice to him, but the pressure on her, and consequently on him as her biggest author, was immense. She wanted a masterpiece every time, and she wanted it on time. That's not too much to ask, the second part at least. Uh, yeah. The final installment of the Silver Lake series was four months overdue. Jeez. How are you doing, Mac? Pat asked. Great, how are you? I'm worried about your book. Are you almost <laughs> done? <laughs> Getting there. It just needs a little fine tuning. <clears throat> a note of desperation entered her voice. Started it. No. Can you please tell me when I can see it? 
We only have three months to publication. You know this timetable is unheard of, Mac. He sighed and pretending to be an adult said, I know. <laughs> you didn't answer my question. When can I see it? If we wait any longer, we'll have to push back the pub date, and the chains will have to be notified, and you'll lose the momentum you've built for yourself with your other books. I'm on the last chapter, he said. She paused. She was a high-strung woman and often forgetful, but she was shrewd. She had discovered him, after all. She probably knew he was lying, only she couldn't imagine to what extent. What is the absolute longest it will take you to get it to me, she asked finally. Marvin considered. Ten days. She wasn't happy. He didn't have the heart to tell her how happy she should have been about ten days. That long, she said. That would be the maximum, he said smoothly. It would be the minimum if he started writing right, right now and didn't sleep for ten days. But he couldn't start anything right now because he didn't know where he or the book was heading. Besides, he had to go out with Shelley tonight. Dear Shelley, oh he would have to put her in a book someday. And name he her added, <laughs> It's going to be a fantastic book, Pat. The best of them all. He had her now. Besides being his editor, she was his fan. And that made a big difference. Right from the beginning, she had pushed him at the publishing. Borrowing, borrowing, borrowing. She had pushed him at the publishing house. <laughs> a note of delight entered her voice. Does it have a shocking ending? She asked. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't believe it. It's unimaginable. Is there any way at all that you can get it in earlier than 10 days? Pat asked. It's possible. I'll see what I can do. I'm working right now. I should probably go. If you're working, I'll let you go. Burn the midnight oil if you have to, Mac, but get me that book. I understand. They exchanged goodbyes and he sat on the phone. Anne was staring at him. Is Pat worried? Anne asked. Not as worried as she should be. <laughs> what are you going to do? Marvin glanced at his computer screen, his blank computer screen. I'll start writing, he said. When? Tomorrow. He stood and stretched. I'm going out tonight. Guess with who? Anne did not look happy. Shelly Quaid. Yeah. Aren't you happy for me? Anne lowered her head. You should stay home and write. Her reaction surprised him. A trace of annoyance entered his voice. How? I don't know what to write. Anne looked up sharply. And you think Shelly's going to help you? What's gotten into you? What's wrong with Shelly? I just want to see. Okay. All right. We're coming to the end of the chapter. Cool. Okay. Um, you went out with her. You should know what's wrong with her. What's that supposed to mean? He asked. Anne stood and walked to the door. It doesn't matter what I say or think. I'm just a kid. <laughs> she opened the door and left. He stared after her, dumbfounded. He had never known Anne disliked Shelly. Anne had listened to him talk about her, but he had only said positive things. As far as he knew, the two had never met. Marvin turned back to his computer, sat there for a while doing absolutely nothing, mm -hmm. then turned it off. Cool. Just like a writer. <laughs> <laughs> he checked his watch, 2.30. He had three and a half hours to kill before he picked up Shelly. 
He remembered he had promised her he'd try to find a car. He decided to ask his mother just before he left if he could borrow hers. There was no use in giving her time to think about something, because during that time she would kill the brain cells that held the information she was supposed to be contemplating. Jesus! Marvin decided to go for a walk. He put on his leather jacket. The days were getting cooler. Tonight, he heard, was supposed to be below freezing. He didn't see his mother or Anne as he left the house. He got on his bike and rode down to Sessa Lake. Along the shore was dying grass with an occasional spruce tree, except at the west end of the lake where the hills collided with the water to form the cliff Harry had jumped off. There the ground was laced. about that. <laughs> yeah. There the ground was laced with crunchy orange gravel. Marvin had the place to himself. The day was sunny, but the water was a dull gray, covered with listless ripples, cold and uninviting. Marvin wondered if it was just his eyes. When he was young, he used to have nightmares about the lake. He would dream that he was walking along the shore late at night when suddenly he would hear loud splashing coming from the middle of the lake, a place he couldn't see in the dark. He would try to run away, but would encounter an invisible barrier Is that would stop Alan him Wake? from fleeing. <clears throat> it is. Isn't there some shit about a lake? Yeah, Cauldron <laughs> Lake! He was only allowed to run along the shore. The splashing would grow louder and louder, and he would just know that whatever was emerging from the depths was going to eat him. Every little boy's worst fear. But then, when the monster was about to pounce, there would be a flash of bright red light, and Marvin would wake up face down on the ground, and it would be daytime. Only he would still be dreaming because he would wake up beside the lake. What was left of it? All the water would be drained from the lake, and the dry bed would be littered with dozens of human skeletons, their bones a bleached white under a haunted gray sky. It was a dream he had many times as a boy. <laughs> was it any wonder he had set the body of the main victim of his series floating face down in the lake? Where do you get your ideas, Mr. Slate? From Twin Tweaks. Well, my dear, some of them come from a place I'd rather not revisit, like Twin Peaks. <laughs> my main victim. He had yet to decide whether he was going to kill anybody else in the final book. He didn't want to. He had begun, he had begun to develop an affection for his characters, even the evil ones. Marvin walked aimlessly around the lake, but no fresh inspiration came to him. He had circumvented the lopsided body of water twice when it began to get dark. It was time to get home and dress for his date. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, okay. boy. Well, uh, Christopher Pike is clearly a great writer with a lot of issues. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his prose is phenomenal. Guy writes great prose. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's always uh, batshit insane. Yeah. But Guy writes a good book. Oh, man. And uh, I, when we read a Christopher Pike book, uh, it's part of <coughs> me doesn't want to ad-lib, and, and uh, we part of the joy of this show is that I, I'm just reading a book with friends. <laughs> We really don't ad lib a lot in in there's, his books. There's, there's no need. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's so <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Yeah. My God. Man. There's no room to say anything how, else. How much, how many notes, is that one page or <laughs> did you go onto a second page? Just this Just page. Just the one page. That's still, yeah, that's still a lot for like one episode. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have much else. Oh, I guess I didn't write about the note that he got. I'm writing. That seems important. He has weird lake trauma. <laughs> <laughs> and then the letter he got. <laughs> weird lake trauma. Oh man, uh, I so we were um, uh, a but little behind the scenes. Uh, we were a little skeptical about this book because we literally rolled a die to figure out which Christopher Pike book we were gonna read. Um, because we had a, a we knew it was gonna be Pike. We had a list. We knew we were gonna do a Christopher Pike book, and we had a list of books uh, partially cobbled together from something uh, like some Becca research and some of my research, and. Um, Becca research is the best research. It is, and uh, and we couldn't. We literally between the three of us, we there was no clear like, yeah, I want to do this one because they all sounded amazing, basically. Yeah. So we rolled a die, and it landed on this one, and we were kind of like, eh, that wasn't even that. I don't know. That was one of my like top choices. Yeah. But I don't know. It's. I feel like they're just. They're all gonna be. Gold because they're so I, fucking I, crazy. I genuinely think with a guest, we might do one chapter an episode. Oh yeah, because these are loaded so far, and they really like at least once every couple pages. You have to stop and be like, I gotta it's, fucking take process. a small break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> process. Well, it's hard to read something, especially when we talk about the little sister and shit <laughs> it's hard to not have a guest because I feel like oh my god it's my turn again <laughs> <laughs> oh man well, I was break. always caught off guard by when my turn like <clears throat> I'd hear Becca reading yeah. while I'm reading along on the screen and I'd be like oh shit I'm next yeah, yeah so too fast um, well, next time, uh, fingers crossed, we'll have a guest, uh, and we'll delve even more into the madness that is, what is this book called? I don't even Master remember. Master of Murder. Master of Murder. Could, I, that went totally out of my head. Completely. Um, the titles don't match the books. No. They don't. all. What like was the last one? All. Eternal Enemy? The Eternal Enemy. That made no sense. And then, yeah, yeah that uh, made zero sense. And Remember Me made yeah. zero sense. Yeah. Yeah. They're the, yeah, the titles are, I mean, this like, one I could feel, like, I could see where Master of Murder would be, like, yeah. a little nickname given to him and, like, a paper write up or something. <laughs> I'm like, a master to Max Slate. Max Slate. Master of Murder. Master, yeah. He loves killing ants. But they haven't even said that. Yeah. He loves killing <laughs> ants. <Killing. laughs> oh, my God. I cannot wait to see what more crazy shit happens in this book. Because yeah. it feels like it's already insane. It, it, just all of his books. It feels already insane. And it, I know it's going to go weirder. Weirder. Yeah. Every book on the list I had for us to choose, I, I read something along the lines of, like, it doesn't go where you think it will. Yeah. Which is what I love about these books. They're yeah, so bonkers. Oh, man. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening. Um, you can find uh, all of our stuff at cactusrodeo.com slash podcast. Listen to uh, Below Grade Level. Listen to The Sketchy Show. Listen to CD Reads. And uh, 
uh, yeah, tell people about our shows. Subscribe to them. I have, I have nothing to them. plug because Jonathan stole all the thunder. I stole it all. I, fi- I did it quickly. I'm getting better. Efficiently. I'm di- yeah, mm-hmm. no, it was great. It's taken f- f- 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Probably longer than that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Probably, though. Definitely. Um, anyway, we love you. Cut tune in next time to find out what happens on The Master of Murder. We love you. Bye. 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 Below Grade Level is a Cactus Radio production. You can contact us at podcast at cactusrodeo.com. Subscribe and follow on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And follow Cactus Rodeo on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more entertainment and updates.